jumping off the truck in high gear. He went a sniffing and he would go. It's the best old hound dog I ever did know. That old king was a friend of mine. Never knew a dog that was half as fine. I may find one you never do know. Cause I still got a long way to go. Hey, buddies, it's the Ron Fez Show, live on a weekday, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ is the phone number. We call it the Ron Fez Show because there's two guys on here named Ron and Fez. I'm Ron. Hiya. And he's Fez. You expected an intro? <laughs> My fault. Uh, he is Fez. We are Ron and Fez. We're also Chris Stanley and Eastside Dave. And assorted interns. Who's our interns today? We have Scruffy. Scruffy. Fred. Fast Freddy. Fred Brooklyn? No, Fast Freddy. And Sky Too Hotty. Sky Too Hotty. Who I saw getting a little uh, heat with Dave the other day for sitting in Fez's chair after the show. <laughs> Fez's chair, get up. And Dave tried to say it in a way that I wouldn't hear it. Get up. <laughs> Why anybody say you're sitting there? It's a reflection of me. Don't get intern stink on it. It was more the thing of he. You see yourself as king of the interns. Uh, yeah, well, I am their mentor. Mm-hmm. That's my that's technical scary, term. That's the scariest thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, by the way, you are the little hockey kid that's making its way <laughs> around the internet. So frighteningly similar when you sent me that video. That's exactly what I used to do. Uh, this is a, a kid who uh, pretended he was Herb Brooks <laughs> from the uh, 1980 uh, U.S. hockey team. Uh, and honestly, this kid's dad put him up to it. it it's sad for him, but uh, it did Im- remind me immediately of Eastside Dave. All right, we'll get this thing started with the Ichiban. Ichiban. Uh, first things first, it's Rocktober, uh, and that only means one thing, baseball playoffs. Uh, Davey Mack, we're down to one of these uh, 
you guys play 162 games, and you can't come up with a winner between your deals. That's why it's great. Yeah. That's why baseball's the best. I'm sorry. I mean, you just have to sit down. This season, the, the number of games is 10 times longer than football, and yet there's a tie <laughs> at the end of the season. It's hard to believe. Yeah, and you must be kicking yourself like there's at least 15 games. If we had just gotten one blue pit, we would easily be in the playoffs now. Do you think that dawns on people that, like, hey, if I didn't go 0 for 5 on fucking June 3rd it and we lost to. To 2 to 1, this would be done? It's I, all my fault. I think it has to. I think you're only human, you know? I think you actually you must think of those things. And, I mean, how many pitches alone can you think of missed by an inch? Whether they walked somebody or just grooved it, right. you know, uh it's uh, it's such a frustrating game, baseball. <laughs> but it, it does remind you of like in golf where they play all those holes and guys still need an extra hole yeah, to figure it out. Yeah, two holes and they have to go to the playoff. And this this time it's Twins and Tigers, baby. Yeah. The crazy American League Central. Well, which... the, the thing is, and the, the, the media has already turned the Tigers into the saviors of Detroit. That they are lifting this town on their back. And what did they do the last couple of weeks? Act like Detroit and just start to struggle with things that you think they would be able to do. Or even, yeah, I mean, to me, they they, 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 they pulled the Mets. They just, I mean, you know, they just fucking well, choked. The Mets are the Detroit of uh, New York. You can right. put it that easily. Uh, that they just can't seem to get up and over it. And uh, the Twins manager, Garden Hire, who everyone thinks looks like uh, Santa Claus, is quietly one of the better managers in baseball. He just keeps that team focused, probably with Christmas presents. So what's going to happen tomorrow? Give me your uh, little radio psychic here. Radio psychic. Radio psychic. Radio psychic. Because I did some research, since 95, four of the last five teams have won the home, who are home game. Yeah. Twins take it because this game's in Minnesota. How Period. do they decide, if it's all tied up, how do they decide who gets the home playoff game? Head to head. Twins won the uh, season series against the Tigers. And how do they decide uh, to use baseballs? How does that come <laughs> into it? Right, yeah, I mean. Why do they only wear a helmet when they're at bat? <laughs> well, and what's with this whole spikes thing? Do they have to wear them or could they just wear their dress shoes? Well, you know, most people might know the facts, Ron, but, mm -hmm. you know, Fez, you know, need a little explanation. He's a sports fan. Uh, Fez is a football fan, which means he doesn't really watch the games. The act actually, the only reason why the game is not playing uh, is not being played today is because of uh, Vikings, ah. which actually is an advantage for the Yankees because now the Twins have to turn around, uh, or if they whoever wins, Twins or Tigers have to turn around, play the Yankees the next day, game one. So the celebration can only last forty-five minutes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you better not drink tonight, boys, or tomorrow. Uh, yeah, there's. Uh, there's like, all the pitchers are like, fuck, god damn it. Because let's face it, I think you could be a left fielder and have a couple brews. I think you really can say, uh, by the time the game comes around, I'm going to be back. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's what fucking, that's where Johnny Damon and Manny Ramirez play. So. We're also at that point of the year where every sport is playing. You don't look around and not see a major sport being played right now. Right. I mean, we're just waiting. It's a couple more weeks till, till basketball, but once they kick in, every but, sport, yeah, hockey's on. They're already they're already in, in camping already. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're playing right now. Everybody's working right now, except I, for the American people. This is why I, I, fall is the greatest season of all time. If, if you're a sports fan, this is, this is fucking Mardi Gras for me. 
Well, what is Mardi Gras then, actually? Did you just act like this is all the teams playing when that comes around? This is great, honey. It's like all the teams are playing and I can drink. Getting baseball Show beads. me your tits. It says you at home with your chick and you're throwing her beads. You know what? That is true. No one ever just does that at home. I want to see your tits. That's the odd thing. You wouldn't even do that on a date. You wouldn't see, say, now, Lau, show me your tits. It would be too dumb and embarrassing. Yeah. Why does it work in public? Maybe it's the lack of beads. It may be the only nudity thing that's more accepted in public than private. Right. Because you can't say to your date, show me your tits, and then take pictures of them. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, of course, Mark in PA wants to give Dave some shit right off the bat. How you doing, Mark? What's going on, guys? Yeah. Dave, you're uh, turning your back on Jersey. The uh, Tigers got a 20-year-old Jersey kid pitching uh, in the game. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of players have a lot of Jersey guys. I got to call them like I see them. I can't be subjective, uh, subjective here. Sportsmaster has to be accurate. The well, Twins have all the momentum. He ta- When he talks about sports... He takes his heart out, and it's all about his head. It's all about it, yeah. I mean, because I, the right. heart is for Detroit because they've already sold us that this city needs it. And, you know, hey, it's great. The bars are filling up again. The people are laughing. They've got something to cheer for. You'd have to be uh, just the most cold-blooded person <laughs> not to somehow feel a little good for that city that they're getting anything. Right. I mean, I have to admit, last year I predicted Carolina would beat Michigan State, you know, even though everyone was pulling for Michigan State because of the Detroit thing. But that's what I do. I don't, I don't go by my heart. And uh, you're looking at the trends, and it's just a gigantic home field advantage. It's home field advantage, plus the fact of the matter is the, twin, the Tigers had to choke in order for this to even happen. I want to say something. So to you, there's a momentum ride. Let me just say a quick phrase. Bucky fucking dead. Exactly. Remember it. Exactly. Well, okay. But, yes, that was on the road. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. However, the Red Sox had to give up that lead. So the Yankees were coming in with momentum. The Twins have played amazing baseball in September and early October. It, to me, it's all about well, the that's, hot team. That's all the other things. Like, Minnesota's going, what, we don't have problems? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. We have jobless people. I know. We're Minnesota. Yeah. We're not exactly Santa Barbara. Uh, when's the last time we had a major fucking uh, thing around here to dance about? Mind if we dance a little? And it's early October, so it's already the dead of winter there. I think they're new city champions between the Vikings and uh, and Twins. No, well, well, look who's coming around now. When you and fucking Fez spent four months telling me how Brett Favre is a dick who doesn't belong in the game anymore. Oh, I still, I still think he's a, he's a dick. So what? But they're three in. Yeah, I mean, they're good. I'm also getting that from people uh, going like this. Michael Jordan turned into a dick. <laughs> no, Michael Jordan was always a dick. <laughs> It's kind of that Hulk Hogan thing. Just me. No one else. Everything for me. And those are the kind of guys who uh, can win. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I don't know whether you guys uh, saw uh, the papers yesterday, but the David Letterman thing is still out there, bigger than life. Uh, The New York Post had on its headlines about David Letterman's love nest. Uh, also, they brought up another little girl who surfaced who was an intern that he, uh, as she put it, uh, knocked the bottom of it. She goes, I really, I'm not even fit for another man right now the way he fucked me. He's amazing <laughs> in bed, and there's no stopping. Uh, but the love nest thing comes down to in his office, uh, he has a nice little kitchen, but it's basically an apartment 
more than it's an office. And uh, I think Imus was on one of the news shows and called Letterman creepy, uh, which is really the fucking kettle and fucking pot thing of all time. Um, uh, what's the percentage this could drag him down? What's the percentage this could take Big Dave off the air eventually? I'd say 75%. That high? I think it's that high as more and more stuff comes out. Like when he did, you know, when he confessed to everything, we didn't see the girl yet. And now But it's, none of these girls say that they're damaged. Right, yeah, but I think it's just as more footage and it gets out there how young the girls are, I think it's going to hurt him perception-wise. Now, why wouldn't a, a rich and powerful guy be attracted to a young, virile woman? It's basically nature itself, you know? The king wasn't saying to himself, let me find a woman my own age, one that can challenge me. One that can remind me that I'm not as big as I think I am. That's not what men are looking for. Men are looking for a dopey young girl who will think everything he does is fucking magic. You know, the guy pulls out a credit card. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> he pulled out a little card out of his pocket. And now we're in a hotel. This is great. Uh, Hicks, what's the chances? What's the odds? I'd say 15, 20% tops. Because him just coming out on TV and blowing it up himself... Already protected him a huge amount. Really, really smart move the way he did it, uh, particularly getting laughs. He didn't look like Pat Robertson. But if you remember, uh, he kind of did that with the Sarah Palin thing at first, and it didn't go away. So it really, uh, you know, no one knows where the thing is going to steamroll. What about you, Dave? I think only 5%. That low. What, what's CBS going to do? Dig up Tom Schneider to put him back in? I'm just talking about ratings-wise. They have no choice. You have to stick with Letterman. Not only that, but they're really happy with... I mean, they're ecstatic with their ratings the first time in 15 fucking years. Yeah. He's been a good employee for CBS, even when he was losing to Leno. But were they fucking good to him during Sarah Palin? No. You didn't see the fucking network going, we really need to protect uh, uh, Dave on this one. Um... Here's uh, Joe in Virginia. Joe, you're on a fence. Hey, Ron. Fez says 75% failure. David Letterman is guaranteed he's going to be okay because Fez never gets it right. Well, what, you know, my, my, and I think Fez is probably way too high on this, but I see where he's coming from. But the part of it that I, I, I disagree with is the young girl thing. Uh -huh. I mean, it would have more to do with whether or not the person felt they had to be with them to keep their job. But if, if if somebody isn't an adult, you know, what more do you... That's like getting mad at a bar for, hey, you were serving drinks to 22-year-old women. You know, at, yeah. at a certain point, you cross whatever the fucking age is, and, uh, and that's the deal. I think with the footage coming out of, like, this intern, you know, the bits that she did on the Letterman show, it just looks like that video of Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky, that one where he hugged her in the crowd. It just looks more and more like that. But what does that even mean? I wasn't offended by the Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. What is so offensive about two adults? Um, it's not offensive. It's just um, it's a it makes him look more lecherous, I think. He might even be a little lecherous. So what? I don't know if lecherous people don't fucking belong on the fucking uh, planet. But, you know, I mean, first of all, it's lecherous when you're with somebody who doesn't want to be with you. 
There is nothing more appealing than that. When a guy is at a bar, and I'll just use the, the image of Eastside Dave, trying to put his, his arms around a waitress. That's fucking, you know, distasteful. But if a guy is at a party and he's putting his arms around a, a woman, and she's putting his arms around a woman, then you say to yourself, this is none of my business anymore. Now, if she looks like she's in some kind of trouble, yeah, then, then society normally steps in. But if two people seem like they enjoy it, what's that got to do with anybody else? Dennis and Yonkers, you're on Manifest. Hello. Yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, love you, uh, Dave. And, uh, Fezzi, I hate to say it, um, your late-night predictions are absolutely horrific. You claim that uh, by the time Jay Leno was ready to do his 10 o'clock show, that Conan would already have failed and be off the air, which is obviously not the case. And now you're claiming that this whole Letterman thing is going to lead to his demise, and I just think you couldn't be further from uh, from the truth there on that. Well, the Conan thing, you know, maybe I had the timetable off, but I think the jury's still out on that one. I think the jury's out right now on Leno. Um, Leno is the one... It's almost like Conan doesn't have the heat on him about ratings because Leno does. And now all the 11 o'clock affiliates are starting to complain. And they, they there's some kind of new fucking article about that they are losing 15 or 20% because they don't have the lead-in yeah. that they had before. Right. And then that costs local people money. And really all these things come back to money. And I'm not sure you're going to get women's groups out against Letterman for this. You know what I mean? Uh, because they're the exact opposite of the Sarah Palin type groups. Mm. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. And as far as him having, you know, uh, a be a, a suite, uh, which may be a pullout bed or, or maybe just fucking CEOs in this, co in this fucking city have that all the time. He can always claim he used it for naps anyway. He doesn't have to claim anything. He hasn't done anything wrong. Right. No matter which way you look at this, if anyone could have a bitch with this, it's only his current relationship. Uh -huh. And those two people have never opened that up to the rest of us. They've never said, we want to sit down and talk about ourselves the way some people do. You take like, uh, I don't know, let's say like Kathy Lee and Frank. When they used to have, uh, they would talk about how happy they were right. and write books. And then you find out, well, Frank stepped out every once in a while. They didn't fucking break up. It's not, you know, it's fucking, this happens to people. Uh, and and really, we don't know what the hell's going on there. Uh, Andy in Cleveland, you're on Fez. Yeah, I can't believe this is a scandal, period. You know, oh, my God, people in Hollywood are fucking each other. Stop the presses. This has been going on since the dawn of Hollywood. I mean, Rita Hayworth's hair was silky and shiny because of the number of times she went down on somebody. Come yeah. on. It's, it's... Yeah, well, let me also say this. When Fez says it's like Clinton, I think the real difference is Letterman stood up the first night and says, yes, I've fucking... I've had sex with people who work here. He didn't fucking say I never had sex with that young woman. You know, that's one of the things that they got Clinton on mm. is that he denied it. And then later they said, but a couple of things are important here. Number one, Letterman is an elected fucking official. He's a private fucking citizen. He's not even a technical employee of CBS. I looked that up and it said that because he has that worldwide pants thing, he owns his own morals clause. 
Not only does he own that show, but he owns the show on after him. Right. So he's not, he actually doesn't have to answer to any morals clause by CBS. He, he's done literally nothing wrong, but via contracts or anything. And it's time for America to grow up. It, the only reason this story has legs is because of the word sex. Well, I, you know, and I bring this up every time it happens to uh, somebody in politics. And it normally happens to the Republican side more because they sell themselves as we don't have sex. But you have to uh, assume the fact that adults have sex. Most. In the case of this show, uh, with the four of us, there's a good 75% of us that have had sex before. Yeah. What? Sex, America. Sex. <laughs> it's not that big deal. It's scary America with that. Real, it's really true. Why is it a big deal? And who would be afraid if Americans already have sex? What are they petrified about? As a matter of fact, television itself is and and movies, music sell sex, <laughs> and yet the second there's actual sex, not simulated, everybody's freaked the fuck out about it. So I don't think Letterman's going to be able to keep joking about it too, like he did when he made his confession. Because I mean, his case is that he was menaced by this. So if he's joking about it on TV... Well, he's not menaced about the sexual stuff. He's menaced about a guy trying to get two fucking million dollars from him. He's really? not fucking menaced by the fact that he's had affairs with women like adult men would. He was menaced by this fact that some fucking guy basically made a threat against him and his family wanting his fucking money in the same way you would feel threatened if somebody up on the street came up and asked for said, I want a lump of money or I'm going to make things fucking bad for you. That's the crime here. Yeah, the guy acted, I think Larry even called him a weasel. I mean, that's just, you know, that's a fucking guy who hasn't had sex. Well, it's a guy who wants $2 million. That's all. It's not a, that, that's easy enough to understand as well. He uh, was apparently having sex with the same girl. That that intern went on to have a relationship with him. Are you reading up on all this stuff, are you? I'm trying to. I'm trying to follow all the names in it. Um, but you like the story or you don't like the story? No, I find the story very interesting because it's a side of David Letterman that I didn't think existed. You never thought he had sex? I mean, I figured he, he went home and he had sex with his girlfriend. And that was it. I didn't think. I. It's hard to even imagine him has asking someone out on a date. Well, apparently that's why he was doing it with people who worked with him. He it's really easier. doesn't have a a large uh, uh, pool. And supposedly the girlfriend uh, didn't know about this and was is just humiliated that her fucking current boyfriend did this to Dave. Is just sick to her stomach mm. about it. Because most of us don't necessarily hate the people that we used to be in relationships with. Right. It's really best that you let go of it, no matter what it is. And we've all had that friend that was like, see what she's doing now? She's dating a four-foot midget. I guess that's what she wants. Fucking midget. Money whores. And you're just like, dude, give it a fucking rest. I have fucking know a guy, uh, his wife cheated on him, and they had a business together, cheated on one of, one of the clients. Even after he remarried, he would fucking still bring it up. Like, I had never heard the story before. He would go through it point by point. I'd be like, you told me this fucking shit. I can't tell you how bored I am. 
to hear about it. You got a new wife. He couldn't get over the fact that something happened years before. Couldn't fucking let it go. Insane the way we all act with each other. Uh, here is uh, Dino in Jersey. You're in Fez. Dino, we got you, buddy? Yeah, hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't think anyone who's rich and famous like Letterman would not have sex with young girls. I just don't see how that would be possible unless they're gay. I can't see how somebody would allow themselves to go around named after a cartoon dog. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. So Fezzy at 75%. Davey, uh, a slate five. Letterman's in fine shape. I'll go out and protest again if CBS wants to get rid of David. I swear to God I will. Well, by the way, you'll be happy to know that your pictures resurfaced on different places. And it all goes back to uh, your inability to be subtle with that character. <laughs> the lunacy of that character kept it from staying underground that even yeah. the right wing caught on. Right. Most of them. Even a New York City cop. There's still a couple bloggers, yeah, that were like, hey, this guy is really too hardcore against Letterman. Uh, Steve. Steve in Michigan, you're in Fez. What's happening, fellas? As much as it pains me to have to agree with Dave, I do. Worldwide Pants issued a statement this week that said uh, that all of these episodes happened prior to Dave getting married, happened prior to the birth of Dave's son, Harry. So we don't know what was going on in, the, in their relationship. It may have been open. I mean, who the hell knows? And second of all, Les Moonves, who is the head of CBS, apparently started dating his current wife, Julie Chen, an on-air person, while he was still married to his ex-wife. CBS has got no ground to stand on. I mean, Dave's going to be just fine. What Dave should start doing is dating Julie Chen. That'd be awesome. They'd make little Gosling babies. Uh, there's nothing cuter than a Gosling baby. <laughs> I love the one with glasses. What's wrong? You can't see out of those little eyes of yours? Can't see a goddamn thing? I think they get thicker each episode. You get thicker watching each episode, <laughs> you sick bastard. Uh, here's our good friend, Newsday, Laura. Hey, Laura. Hi, buddy. Hey. Um, speaking of Goslins, uh, John Goslin withdrew $230,000 from the John and Kate Plus 8 family account, and he left uh, Kate with just 1000 bucks. That's plenty. That's plenty of money. This kid's so fucking whacked out right now. He's such a dumb pussy. They showed him at some fucking milkshake fucking. He's opening up a milkshake joint in fucking L.A. You had a TV show, you moron. All you had to do was sit. Sit and take some shit. Reminds me of Giant Depp and Blow right now. She's just going around trying to con everyone. Johnny Depp and Blow have more shit together. Right. Yeah, they, they, they're they perfect for screwing the pooch. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't do more to entertain us. They don't, they're not funny. They can't sing and they dance. But they will fucking drop their pants, spread their cheeks, and show America their asshole. <laughs> Unfortunately, Goslins, we've seen it. There's nothing more for us to look at. Yes, I know. Now you want to fucking uh, put a goddamn uh, a handlebar up your ass. Look, I've taken a bike handlebar and put it up my ass. All right, that was interesting for a moment. Now a cucumber. What? I've already seen stuff go up your ass. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 
866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. I, I kind of like this story. Jim Carrey's packing on pounds. He's going to gain 50 pounds to play Curly. Um, and his wife said, I don't know. I don't have any idea what it's going to be like when he hits 300 pounds. But that's where he's shooting for. So this is his raging bull. And uh, he's going to put the weight on. Will Oscar take notice? No, they're not going to take notice on this. Maybe if it was like a Three Stooges biopic and he played the tormented Curly where it's like, you know, he's a clown on camera and sad and fat and crying on the inside. Uh, Davey Mack. Oscar loves weight gain and loss. They love the physical shit. And as long as you do that, you're going to get a nod. As long as he's not totally All he wants is a nod. He doesn't even have to win. Yeah, he just wants a nod. And, you know, I and mean, then he'll want to lose his weight before the Oscar ceremony. So that'll really look dramatic. Like, how did he do it? <laughs> how did this young genius entertain us by putting on weight like the rest of America? Yeah, I mean, it took Tom. All he's going to do is look like everybody he went to high school with <laughs> that doesn't work in Hollywood. And with the bald head. He pretty much looks like a 202 audience anyway. With a shaved head and three... No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, why'd you have to drop that down? <laughs> but uh, What it, is this no, I'm just kidding character? <laughs> it took Tom Cruise... Uh, I mean, Tom Hanks, you know, he had to get, like, AIDS and lose all the weight before he yeah, finally absolutely. got his Oscar. They love serious weight loss. They love serious weight gain. The problem here is, though, you're playing curly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really hard. To, you almost want to say, why does anyone want to play curly? And you got to look at guys like Jack Black going, why don't I just play Curly? I'll shave my head tomorrow, and that's it. Also, isn't, like, Jim Carrey's pretty tall, so, like, if he he has, he's 300 pounds and is, like, what, 6'3 or 4, he's going to look like a monster. Maybe not Curly. He'll look more, like more like King Kong Bundy is what I have in my head. Why didn't they get King Kong Bundy? <laughs> is he still alive? Yeah. Why didn't I have him down as dead? Oh, because he's an ex-wrestler. <laughs> and they are all dead. But, I mean, he's just too big, don't you think? They're going to have to cast only tall people. Well, don't they always just say, like, for these big kind of comedies, it's got to be aimed at 19-year-olds, right? Do any of them know who the fuck the Three Stooges are? <laughs> no. Go in skinny and say I'm curly. <laughs> None of the kids are going to fucking know. They don't sit around watching old black and white shorts from the 1930s and 40s. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, we had a big special delivery uh, shows uh, over the weekend. Uh, Davey Mack was on. Uh, I gave a call to the yeah, show. Thank you very much. And I believe I was dumped out of. No, you know what? No one was dumped out of. XM dumped out of our show twice, uh, or there was a satellite thing. It seems like it was more of a satellite thing because the serious people said that the show was never got dumped out of. Huh. So either XM dumped out, or more likely, they DC had problems. So it's an XM thing, not a serious It was thing. an XM glitch that if you were listening on XM, our show fucking stopped Which twice. is where I still believe 99.9% .9 of our listeners from right. Joe 2 come from. Yeah. The XM side. It was. There was, uh, I think, like, uh, E-Rock was listening on a serious transistor. Oh, of course. <laughs> There's never been any programming that E-Rock has missed. <laughs> He's amazing. Uh, but you were doing uh, a bit, I guess, Tommy Z wrote for you. <laughs> And what was it, man? No, it was um, ascend man essentials, guy essentials. It you was, were saying man essentials. Man essentials, you're right. You're right. Man What's essentials. What's every guy need out there? <laughs> eight, six, six, <laughs> round zero, first. Well. Eight, six. We're guys doing a show for guys. 
Uh, you yeah. know what guys like? We like trucks. That was great. We like drinking beer and <laughs> farting and watching football. Well, it wasn't that. And burning meat and smoking cigars. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that crude. Oh, poker. Guys like poker and women are stupid. I, well, I, don't, I don't think it was, you know, that. Guys that like basic. getting blowjobs. Give me a call. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Oh, I got a problem, fellas. My chick wants me to go down on her. What do I do? 866. What's a man supposed to do? 866. You know what I like? Fishing rhymes and power tools. And I would love to have some kind of a chainsaw fishing rod. 866. Where's my fellas at? What the fuck has happened to you? It was guys? very popular. The giant sandwiches come up. Of course, the hack stuff is going to be popular. <laughs> well, you know. That's why a fucking comedian is going to go like this. Yes, I'm going to do my Christopher Walking uh, farting <laughs> material. The audience is going to laugh at it. But I, do they get respect? I think we had a different spin. I think our spin was. Man, different. I like a big sandwich. I put a lot of meat on my sandwich. And then I eat it. It was a, you know, we, and then we, we threw a curve. Another thing I like is a spinner. I like a spinning cougar. I like to fart when I'm getting blowjobs. It's zero fest. It's a show for guys about guys. We're in our man cave right now. Call us from your truck. Oh, your man cave. Just, you know, getting that 202-197 audience. That's what we were doing. Uh, we had him roped in. Here's Dave in Michigan. What up, Big Dave? Hey, buddy. Man time! Buddy. Man time! Big party weekend. Yeah. Hey. Did you do any shots? I took Jaeger bombs all weekend, bro. Whoa! Nice. I love really? it. Jaeger bombs. Bad time. Bad time. What do you got for me, Dave? My truck is running primo. I want to keep her going strong. 10W30 or 10W40 for the winter coming up. What do you uh, say, buddy? I'm using 10W50 right now because I need it bigger. Bad time. Bad time. Oh. It's so good to be here with the guys getting away from women on man time. We're talking about man essentials. Man essentials all the time. Now, my little woman is mad at me because I refuse to use a fork. I like to just grab my food, shove it in my mouth, and swallow it off. Man time! Man time! Where's she at now? Out running up the credit card? Kevin, who's driving a big old truck. Where you calling from, Kevin? Kevin! I like to drive my truck and fuck hookers and truck stops. Really? What is women's problems with hookers? Don't they even realize they're all hookers? Our wives, our girlfriends, our mothers, and our daughters. They don't have dicks like we do. Bad time. Bad time. Bad time. Bad 
Where's my man, Death Metal Mo? What's up, Mo? What's up, guys? Oh, hold on. Let me put down my big plate of wings, because guys eat wings. Wings, man! Oh. That's going to give you the man, the mouth farts. That's what we call burps. Yeah, I, guys, I turned my diesel dually into a mobile man cave. I'll swing by and pick you guys up. We'll hang out, drink beers, and talk about pitches. Man time! time. 866 Road Zero Fez. 866 Road Zero Fez. Tom, what do you got for me on man time? It's man time. Yeah. When my girlfriend has a period, I make her sleep in the garage. Man time. Man time. Paul, New Jersey. Man time. Man Listen, time. She won't let me watch football in the house, so I put a TV in the garage. Man time. But isn't she having her period in the garage? Oh, uh, I'm confused. It's complex thinking. I'm confused. I'm not going to the store to buy any tampoons. I'm confused. I'm at the bank of thought, man time. John and Whitestone, you're on man time. Hey, Roddy B, how you doing? Hey, I was wondering, I need some tips on increasing the size of my delt. Should I do shrugs or weighted dips? And on top of that, what do you think? 50,000 grams of protein a day or 60? How I've been helping myself is that. I eat a steak, and as a side, I have a small steak. So I'm eating steak with a side of steak, and I'm drinking a big glass of steak juice. Bad time. Bad time. Bad time. Oh, Mongo. Mongo, you're on man time. Uh, I like to eat chili and then go out in the woods and kill things. Bad time. Bad time. With your gas. Bad time. Eric, you're on the bad time. Hey, what, hey, what's up, buddy? It's 12607. Guys, when am I going to get my man time ass, gas, or grass bumper sticker? I've been waiting for weeks, guys. That's always been my motto. Ass, gas, or grass, nobody rides for free. Danny in Jersey. Yeah, Ronnie. When my son was, found out my son was gas, sent him to the Army to toughen his ass up. Man time. Man time. They sh- that makes me confused because we don't want gays in the military. Bad time. Bad time, I can't think. I'm confused. It's a complex thought, man time. If I just mantra man time over and over, I'll be fine. Cougar, cigar, beer, fart, gun, bad time, football. Man cave, tits, bad time. Greg, Wisconsin, you're on bad time. Oh, yeah, man time. I uh, take a shit and I eat nachos while I shit. Bad time. Man time. Get some jalapenos on those things. I leave a TV tray in next to the shitter. Anybody, by the way, if you put a fucking uh, TV in your bathroom... You're going to need fiber. You don't need a fucking TV. What you need is fiber. <laughs> you certainly don't want to fucking sit there and watch Die Hard again while you're dying hard on the toilet. Jason's a big old trucker. You're on man time. Yeah, I like to watch Band of Brothers and laugh at all the pussies. Man time. Man time. 
What, what, when's the next show? What are you guys doing? Power Tools? No, no, no. I think our... Uh, who, who wrote that? You or uh, your little No, friend? no, no. That was a show that we want to show that we could talk to a male audience. Uh, that, that was a segment because we have big goals, oh, reaching goals. Man and, and we got some input from some of the bosses. It's actually a great idea because no other shows are doing that. So you guys are going to be on the cutting edge this is, of uh, Guy Talk. This is a way for us to actually get a job. The, I mean, this, this, that, 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 let, that was a segment. Let me check. Is it 2003? That was a segment that will help us get a job, I think. Uh, have you have you taken a look at what radio looks like? No, but I mean, I'm just saying that we... That was the 2003 break. <laughs> that was the 2003 Guy Talk radio break. Where are those guys now? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Man time. Man time. Because you actually run out of those fucking things. Yeah. Very quickly. And yes, you do light the phones for a second. And then everybody else goes, what the f- This is the stupidest show I ever heard. I don't know why they want the host to sound as dumb as the audience. <laughs> That's the fucking problem. Big football weekend. Uh, the Jets couldn't get it done. No, Giants. Mark, Mark Sanchez looked like a loser. Well, he's a kid. He looked like he was shocked that he lost an NFL game. Like yeah. he should never, ever lose one. I think the best guys uh, take every loss hard. I really do. You look at that fucking Tom Brady. He doesn't like to lose. Yeah, I mean, but the the fact of the matter is, you know, Sanchez single-handedly put the uh, Saints in control of that game. Yeah, he, he had a fucked up game. He, he had a rookie him, game. Gave him 14 points in he the first half. He had a rookie half. game. There's yeah. no doubt about it. So before and Jets their defense fans, actually looked fucking strong, and they'll be there for at the end of the year. The defense is great, but you know it just shows you that it it's tough. It's tough to 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 win a championship with a rookie. They'll probably make the playoffs, but I mean, Jets fans have Super Bowl dreams. Yeah, this it's, year, no, no. it's normally not your fucking goal when you have a rookie to think we're going to be there at the end of the year. Uh, a big problem with market number one is they honestly believe uh, every fucking single year, no matter what's happening. All their teams are going to win the championship, or else it's shocking and bad. I, I still hear people talking about the Knicks to me, like it fucking makes any <laughs> sense at all. All right, we're going to break here. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, I want to talk about the... F- I want to prepare ourselves for Halloween when we get back. The fucking month is upon us, and that means adults acting like children. Halloween. Right back, Ron Fez show. We're going to draw a little bit of everybody's blood. We're going to find out who's the thing. You see, when a man bleeds, it's just tissue. No blood from one of your things won't obey when it's attacked. We'll try and survive. Crawl away from the hot needles. Ron Fez show. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, coming up a little later on in the show, 1 o'clock, I believe, exactly, is Andrew WK. Uh, and, uh, Hicks, you've been a big, big fan of his since Word 1. Oh, yeah, since that first video came out, it was fucking great. Party hard. Uh, the He's promoting the new album. Have you heard this? Yeah, 55 Cadillac. 55 Cadillac. It's him playing classical piano. Basically no lyrics, and uh, he's improvised the entire album. So it's improvised classical piano. 
It's amazing. It's just such a complete uh, from anything he's ever done. I I love the fact that how crazy the guy is. I love the fact that um, it's not it's not just different from what he's ever done. It's different from any rock person would ever do in history. And it's not like you formed a new band. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have the traveling classical boys. He just still calls it Andrew WK, even though a 180 is not even the word to use. It's completely off into something else. Uh, and I always like people like that to begin with. You know what I mean? Like, I like people like, yeah, I don't give a shit. I want to do something really fucking different here. See what happens. Um, basically, the way I felt about Man Time over the weekend. I loved it, Dave. Thank you. I loved the direction that you guys went into. Yeah, it was different. I'm looking forward to the 24th. I didn't know all this until you told me during the break. Yeah. The 24th. I know. That's that's the Judgment Day. In a non-Terminator 2 kind of kind of way. Though. Oh, not an apocalypse. No, yeah. Uh, this uh, I'll play this. This was the uh, Twitter questions over the weekend, Fez. Okay. Uh, here was the... the first, and both the, the winners of this uh, won... The Sign Ronifez uh, T-shirt, and you can get that by going to 202 Friends on Twitter. 202 Friends on Twitter. First one was a special delivery question, and I believe this was the first time this has ever happened, Dave. Special delivery found themselves part of the 202. We were honored. Yeah. We were. We were. It, this was sensational for us. It just. Um, here's the question. What was Sam videotape doing at Dave's daughter's birthday party? I'll say blowing out the candles before the kid could. Uh, Dave, is that correct? No, it's not. Mm. Uh, he was obviously, of course, playing wiffle ball. You don't listen to the to the guys? I didn't hear it, no. Have you ever? Um, I've heard some of it, but I, I didn't it, hear it this weekend. It's kind of like you watching Monday Night Football. When we <laughs> ask you about it, you've seen some. <laughs> um. I've been doing regular call-ins, and I, I think my character uh, is already established, and that's the guy who thinks he's calling live from the compound. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, we got it. Because I, I asked for Laszlo. No, first I asked to ask Jimmy Fallon a question because you were on the same time as Unmasked. Right. And then we gave the Unmasked a big plug. Thanks. They said it went through the roof. <laughs> well, that was special delivery audience. Mm. Put it over the top. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> And uh, they said it was the biggest MS ever. They said there was just 15 minutes of a huge surge. Yeah, right. That's what ratings. we do. That's what we do. Pals yeah. help each other out. Unfortunately, they gave it all to Jimmy's story about growing up in upstate New York. They thought, because that's exactly what he was saying yeah. when the ratings spiked. So they're like, we must have a really <laughs> strong Saugerties uh, <laughs> listening audience. You know, bring up Saugerties more. You know, bring up anything about... Uh, Woodstock would be great. <laughs> uh, uh, no, uh, he was playing uh, wiffle ball. Wiffle ball and striking out. Let's take a quick look at him. No, That's a girl swing. He's even got his hair up like a girl. He's got that tiny no fucking hip, no stomach, no shoulders look. It was, this was a struggle. And then he's swimming, swinging like a girl. And the problem was this was during the batting practice when they were really coming soft. <laughs> And I said, this this isn't good, because he was on my team. and um... Oh, my God. A transvestite is, te- is pitching him underhand. Right. I haven't seen an underhand wiffle ball pitch since I was three. 
the uh, is this ladies' wiffle ball. This is all but a T. I'm not saying that we're the fucking Kennedys. But the McDonald family was kind of hiding their faces in shame. Because you love your wiffle ball. With the participants and their lack of uh, success. Just in, basic wiffle ball skills. Right. And, and I, mean, I didn't know one could strike out at wiffle ball until I'm watching this video. <laughs> uh, of course, that went out to uh, Doug Schroeder. Uh, he answered wiffle ball. And from what I understand, he was on it quick. Was on it quick. That was very fast. Uh, this is question number two. What was the name of the book about road food that was promoted on Ron and Fez? Um, wasn't that like a thousand and one places to eat? I think it had places to eat in the title. Uh, this was uh, 500 places to eat before it's too late. Um, and the very best places to eat them. Uh, by Jan and Michael Stern. Uh, and that was C.J. Ducky. C.J. Ducky is the big, uh, the big, big winner. By the way, the transvestite um, pitching um, right now on that video yeah. is the same transvestite I brought up that I saw. I brought up to Jimmy Fallon that I saw on his television show. <laughs> Jimmy was confused. Yeah. Actually, I think he was just joking when he said that that was his wife you were referring to. Yeah, what he did was a little comedy. Yeah, it was good. It was funny. It was that unmasked uh, banter. (laughs) Uh, Fez, um, this is why we have stopped Siren Series. You want 0 for 2, basically on 202 trivia. Uh, I was shocked to see that the guys ruined Siren Series the other day, even though we've had a lot of enjoyment of it over the years. Yeah. It was a rough outing. What I like to get is maybe uh, some kind of a production piece the way we were with just uh, some of our favorite moments in Siren Series playing as we put that bit to bed. Okay. I didn't sleep a wink all weekend because uh, I didn't know the guys I worked with hate me. But now I know. All right, that's 202 Friends uh, on Twitter. 202 Friends on Twitter. Um. You can win a little T-shirt signed by each of the four current members of the Ron Fez show. What's current? Why'd you throw that in there? No, I don't think I'm staying. <laughs> don't say that. Well, I can't help it. The other day, you know, it was hard for me. Nobody knows that thing about what I my, knew. I, I had no idea that you guys didn't read Line of the Day, ever. And uh, I did. It's just, it's so great. It's so vast. My concentration probably was more in the 4,000. Well, you didn't know that until the other day. I did know. it was 7,000 and change. I I knew it. Fez's uh, answer was this. How many posts were online today? Fez's uh, answer was 45. (laughs) He was off, I guess. Hmm. So uh, what are you going to do? By the way, we're talking um, movies a little bit. Uh, The latest movie is a Friends. You know how they take the TV shows and put them on uh, movies. Friends, bringing back the uh, original Friends cast. David Mack, hit or miss. This is a gigantic hit. Even though I didn't watch the show, it was huge. People want to see Jennifer. People have been longing to see Jennifer Aniston be Rachel for since she's left the show. I didn't know she stopped. I thought she was Rachel <laughs> in every movie that she does. And she should just go by Rachel. That is hit or miss. Big miss. Big, big miss. I don't know I don't, if a Jennifer Aniston movie does do well. 
I don't know if one has. No, I agree with you there, but that's because it's not friends. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, people who show up to see things that they already know with new people in it, why wouldn't they show up to see the people they already like? Sex and the City was a gigantic hit. Gigantic. And that was a cable show. This was a network show that routinely got 15 to 20 million people. Mm-hmm. This show's gonna be fucking. This is. This might make four hundred million dollars. Like this is huge. And if it does, because uh, the Simpsons movie made some money, even though people are burnt out on the Simpsons, still made over a hundred million dollars, uh, and wasn't. It was kind of considered a disappointment, and made over a hundred uh, million dollars. And that show's still on the air. This is like a reunion combined with a movie. Forget it. But forget it. I thought we were going to remember it. <laughs> Reunions get gigantic ratings. Well, they're going to do the Curb movie, supposedly. And that's not nearly. I mean, that had a, a small slice of what Friends did. And they're all kind of still young enough looking that they're not. The, the weird thing is going to be you're going to go from videotaped TV look uh-huh. to a film where you're actually going to see Rachel, you know, Walking through Central Park, stuff that you've never, yeah. you know, the fuck Central Park. You're gonna have Central Park now, <laughs> right. you know. He'll actually, Ross will be in the real museum, walking around, and Chandler will be. I don't, I don't know what Chandler did. I really don't know. Some sort of number crunching job. That was a joke because they never could figure it out on their show. They all went, I don't know what Chandler does, <laughs> and he always had his feelings hurt. He was, I guess, the Ronnie B, the unappreciated <sighs> one. Um. So, yeah, I'm not saying it's going to be good. Uh-huh. I'll agree with you. Right. Stink. But then I'll turn around and agree with Dave. Lines. There's going to be lines to see the stink. There is. Uh, I, there's no reason for any of these people to turn it down. They're all, you know, their lives haven't been on fire since that happened. And a lot of the friend stuff that sold at the NBC store in Rockefeller Center. Still sells. It sells like fucking pancakes. I don't uh, It's a very interesting point. You go by there. You see the stuff that they have lined up. Heroes, nobody cares. Uh, then you see The Office, no one cares. And then Friends and Fezzi, there's a line that goes on for seven blocks really? every single day. I am shocked. Right. You know what? That might be at the uh, the Burger Shack. I don't know. It's one of them has a long line mm-hmm. that people are waiting for. I just want you know watching them at this age. Do we still do we still need more Ross and Rachel drama? Is it? Did we ever need it? No. <laughs> It's never been needed. There is. You're talking about people who like fluff, American people. You don't need any of this. That's like saying, do we really need another Pirates or another Spider Man, another Transformers? No, you've already seen the film. You don't need another Batman. It's already done. But people like to leave their house the same way that they go to fucking Red Lobster. They like to leave their house knowing exactly what they're going to get, even if that's subpar. They would rather go to fucking Ruby Tuesdays, leave and go, and eh, I thought that was going to be so-so. The show is still very popular somehow in syndication, and people in Europe even love Friends. They think like that's the way Americans should be. It is the way we are. We're exactly like them. I always sit around, uh, everybody in my apartment always goes to one other apartment. Yeah. Just one. We never go to the other apartments. <laughs> just the one. Right. We don't watch TV. Uh, we never talk about sports. We sit and talk about relationships and feelings with each other. You live across the hall from your best friends? Yeah. Really? Yeah, we do. And then sometimes we have trivia contests against them to see if we'll trade apartments. 
Oh, God, I hope that happens because yeah. that would be really a mind-blower. <laughs> if the girls had to play in the foosball table, shit. That show was so bad. But, you know, I mean, people, it, you can't argue with numbers. If a fucking... I, well, I, got, I got in a fucking fist fight with a number four one time. <laughs> Tripping balls, though. Tripping if a half balls. of the Friends audience goes to the movie, it's going to be huge. A half of the audience. Yeah, well, if 10 million people show up with 10 bucks, there's $100 million for you. That's it. Now, And you're saying they used to do that every week, but how many Americans you think have seen Friends? 150 million, 200 million? <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. gigantic amounts of people who are, like, familiar with the show. And there are times, you have to admit, there are times that you'll go, I want to take the girl out to some kind of movie that eh, she'll be okay with. No, like a little laugh, a little love moment. Those movies exist. They're all terrible, but they exist. I guess that's a concession movie, and you then realize you can I never go to. Even heard that term before? Concession yeah, it's a concession movie. movie, but then you know that you'll get at least you know the next Tarantino or uh, Scorsese movie. She definitely has to go with you. This is a term I've never. I've learned two terms over uh, the weekend: uh, concession movie. Or when a guy has his hand on a woman's lower back, if he drops it down to feel some crack, uh, dipping. <laughs> I had no idea that that. The other one's got a little gross. I'd be dipping. Well, uh, you have her hand on her back. That's fine. Drop it a little bit just to feel upper crack, uh, dipping. Yeah, but the only thing you dip is like stuff into sauce. So it makes me think like your hand's <laughs> going to get poo on it or something. Uh, Michelle in Buffalo. It's ladies night in Buffalo. You're on a fez. Hi, guys. I just wanted to let you know, I, I just tuned in right now, and I uh, just wanted to call up and say, I would see that movie in a heartbeat. I would bring all my girlfriends, and I would pay $100 just to see that movie. I miss it so much. I wish it was still on TV. Honey, I'm just going to explain something to you very quickly. We start the show at 11 o'clock. If you're not here tomorrow at 11 o'clock, we shut the doors, and we take oh, the plane out on the runway, and off we go. No, I drive around. I drive I around. don't want excuses. I want your full <laughs> attention for four hours a day. You we may have to dock This you. is why Friends went off the air, because people like you didn't give it every minute. But I work. Tough shit. Uh, by the way, uh, Michelle, you ever have a guy, he's got his hand on your lower back, and he dips a little bit to feel the less? What was that? I couldn't understand. Yeah, ever have a guy, you walk with him, he has his hand on your lower back, but then he might dip down a little bit and feel the top of the ass crack? Never happened what are you to you? About? No. I have a feeling a guy couldn't get in your pants. I, I think it'd be way too tight. <laughs> You're uh, awesome. M Michelle, it looks like the Friends movie uh, may get done, so your dreams may come true. Oh, wonderful Monday. Thank you. They're chatting about it now. They're talking about it. I can't imagine one of them that would turn it down. The only problem is uh, Larry David called the head of the studio I said, fuck you to him. Uh, did you watch The Curb last night? I want yeah. to run it for anybody who hasn't seen it. Yeah, I watched it. Of course. I was, I was anticipating that like a heavyweight boxing match. I the, swear to God. The Curb Your Enthusiasm show, uh, best show on TV right now, and has been for this fucking decade, brought back what was considered the best show of the 90s, The Seinfeld. Uh, Fez, what have you thought of it so far? I loved it. I loved The Seinfeld reunion. Dave? Giant... Giant, huge, epic success. Hicks? Show's just fucking amazing. There's nothing better. I'm a little nervous. I don't want my curb friends pushed to the side for the entire season. 
So I am not one. I don't think so far the Seinfeld people talk enough like the curb people. They don't seem as comfortable yet as my curb friends. Am I nitpicking? I am. But I don't want Susie Essman to get one line to show. I don't want Jeff Garland to get one line to show why I'm listening to George and Kramer. Yeah. I like my new friends <laughs> better than my old friends. <laughs> They're terrific. Well, on the if you watch the coming up next I week. I mean, di- didn't you think like George was a little less than believable? Elaine was a little less than believable? Actually, I thought Jason Alexander was good. I have to disagree with you because I actually thought he showed that, you know, he was, an, he was enough apart from being George that made it me uh, think. You no, know. I was actually going like this. He didn't know George was based on Larry all these years. Seems a little But fake. it seemed like he was doing that to antagonize Larry a little bit because he was pissed off about the season finale. Maybe I'm too rough. I see the three of you are happy just seeing something familiar. Maybe it's me that demands the quality, but <laughs> I love my curb friends already. And I love them more than my Seinfeld I, friends. I mean, I, I think that I, I demand good stuff as well. And I don't think you when, know. when they were talking... Uh, the the bit you did the other night proves it. No, I think that was good. Um, when they were talking about like the tip and everything, and Jerry saying no, it's a, that's a solo thing. I felt like that was it felt very fresh. I thought that it worked. It was one of my more favorite fucking lines. That that was that's one of my more thing. favorite <laughs> lines. But you know, leading up before that, I'm not sure I got it. Um, I don't know. I just don't want it so packed full of other people. I miss uh, my uh, curb family. Um, now, historically, when he's done this, he'll take, like, an episode on and an episode off. He'll go away, like, next week. We'll see. I know. I'm just saying, when, when he, when he, whether it was the Mel Brooks play or the restaurant, which was my favorite season, when they had the, the, restaurant, the restaurant with Ted Danson, he would take but a couple see, weeks Ted off. Ted Danson is a guy who I thought just was seamless in that role. Yeah, he was great. He was um, brilliant, actually. He'll, he's going to go back next well, week. Let's I'm just do you. this. Curb or uh, Seinfeld this? Seinfeld. Dave? Kerber Seinfeld. Jesus. Uh, yes, pick one of your babies. I'm going to kill the other one. Fuck! Kerber Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Sorry. X. I've always said Seinfeld in the past. Mm-hmm. You still can. It's up to you. Yeah. There's no pressure. Got three seconds. I felt pressure. Kerb. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard because now they are doing two different shows. Well, I, I'm. See, here's the thing. I'm probably harder on Seinfeld because it's in the past. But I was in this conversation over the weekend, and it was actually a conversation about uh, places on my street when uh, a when a you know a spot becomes open. How much time do you have? And then we started talking about Seinfeld, and then we got into this thing because that was one of the things on Seinfeld. Great episode. When you live in New York, at least at least once a week, you bring up this is like Seinfeld, and I've said that on the show before. That that show was so well written that you go, well, this conversation that we're having reminds me of that Seinfeld episode. I agree with you. And, and I don't think you do that with fucking Cosby or Cheers or most TV shows. Also, um, it's not as easy to relate to Curb, even though Curb is the fucking, it's the best. I love the pace of the show. I love it. But at the same time, you know, I'm not in L.A. and I'm also not like a millionaire who you know, he has lots of leisure time. Seinfeld people had to do shit. They have more leisure time than anybody that lived in New York full time yeah. ever has. But, I mean, George had a job. And Kramer never worked. Uh, and Elaine worked, she was, but she was open. 
They were, they're, <laughs> you know, it's never going to be believable. It's not a fucking documentary. It's a fucking TV show. Right. Barbara, you're on my face. Hi, guys. Yeah. I just want to say definitely curb over Seinfeld. Um, it's much more cringeworthy, I think. You know, you can't watch curb all at once. Cringe. Like you can Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything Larry David does on curb, you're like, oh, God, just keep your mouth shut. You know, don't open your mouth, but you know he's going to. It really breaks so. your it, 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 I'm telling you, Larry David will fucking frustrate the shit out of you when you're <laughs> fucking begging him not exactly, to Exactly, right? Um, yes. Leah, my husband and I, we like to watch whole seasons at once that we haven't seen to catch up on. Mm. Curb, we cannot do that because it makes us so uncomfortable because we know he's going to do something to humiliate himself. I wish you lived closer, Barbara, and I'd go over with you and your husband and we'd just sit and watch full seasons of stuff. Uh, That'd be fun. Take care of yourself. Uh, Renzo, you're on my fez. Yeah, Ronnie, uh, ever since you brought it up where you said that Jeff just is going along with Larry's stupid shit. Yeah. Like, where Jeff's like, yeah, man, like, uh, I know what you're doing, and I think it's uh, an amazing idea. And you just know it's such a retarded idea, but Jeff just goes right along with it. Well, Jeff is getting, you know, 10% of Larry's money, which would be uh, phenomenal. <laughs> so he does remind me to... And, there's no reason for him to be Larry's agent. He doesn't get enough done besides agreeable. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So it's just like, Larry, do you feel a certain way? Yeah, I think you're right to say that. But then I do like that his wife doesn't, like, Susie will say, like, fuck you, and then Jeff will be stuck in between them. <laughs> right. Not really picking a side. Um, Robin Richmond, you're on Fez. Hey, uh, Ronnie, I, I treat your words as though they were, they were the words of God, but I'll be honest. I, I don't think Curb Your Enthusiasm can hold up a, a candle to, to uh, Eastbound and Down. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, we'll have to see how second seasons go. Everyone knows I like Eastbound. And you, Jay Moore even fucking uh, had a problem with that. He wants me to like uh, Carrie Unmarried best. I can't help, you know. It was a really strong first episode of that Eastbound. I wish it would have even ended there. It was so great. <laughs> Although, when he knocked that guy's eyeball out, I couldn't have been happier. <laughs> uh, here's our good friend, the germ freak. Hey, freak. What's up, fellas? Hey. Listen, uh, the most important thing, last night was the debut of Jerry Seinfeld saying the fuck word fuck on television. I thought that was interesting because why doesn't he use it in his act then? I guess he's a clean comic. I don't know. But what's the difference? Either you use it or you don't. He seems like he's he's taking a stand against saying fuck because he doesn't even say fuck in places that he can mm -hmm. say fuck. So why do it last night? Why not still stick with it? I'm very curious. I'm not judgmental. Mm -hmm. Curious. Well, because he's playing Jerry Seinfeld behind the scenes. But why doesn't, if Jerry Seinfeld says fuck, why doesn't he say it on stage? I wonder if he was trying to do that to just uh, uh, make his personas different. Well, do that on stage. Make your persona different on stage. He, on stage, he thinks it's a shortcut, and it's, it's an right. easy way out. Take a shortcut. When I'm fucking walking home from the store, if there's a shortcut, I take it. Only a fucking idiot doesn't would walk all the way around the block if there was a shortcut. Germ freak. Well, well yeah. Ron, I'd like to uh, also, I would like to challenge anybody in that studio, whether it be Dave or Fed himself, to a Seinfeld a trivia challenge. I will kick anybody's ass. You I up for this, uh, Dave? Yeah, I'm up for it. Fez? Yeah, I would do it. Are you any good at it? Um, I don't know how good I would be, but I, I think I know enough of it. And yet you failed at Ronnie B trivia. 
That really hurts my feelings. Dave, would you do better in Seinfeld than you would do in Ronnie B trivia? Um, I would probably do a little bit better. Uh, Jen Freak, I'm just glad that you've stopped your boycott of the. Uh, it's, uh, it's listen. Of the I never boycott anybody. Yeah. I, I never believe me. It take you know believe believe me. I'd love to come down and uh, see you guys. The fact that the long boycott of the Ronnie Fez show has ended, and uh, I know you knew, I respect you and New Style. You held out as long as you could. But uh, now you're back here saying you'd uh, do a trivia contest. Uh, what would the, I want you to uh, uh, work out what happens to the loser, and then it'll be you against Dave. No problem. And it might have to do a lot with putting germs on you. <laughs> oh, Christ. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Talk okay. to you later, you freak. Right. Germ warfare. So, um... I'm going to agree with you guys. It was good to see him. I didn't think it was a great Curb show last night. Wasn't sitting around laughing the way I have in some shows. But, you know, I'm going to give them a break. They're introducing this really big character thing. But I don't want it to push away my people. Okay, that's and that's fair. I don't think they will. Are you sure? You're going to give me a fair on that? And not lately, later, when I'm not here, go like this. I don't think he's fair at all. <laughs> what he's doing right now is wrong. And I realize I'm being a little bit of a baby, but I fucking, uh, I love my characters on there. Yeah, I, I was a buzz last night. And thank Christ that Entourage is fucking over for the year so I don't have to watch that fucking crybaby again for another minute. I don't know why I stick with that show. Maybe because I like to see people getting on private planes. Yeah. It may be the only fucking reason. Well, you can always watch reruns of The Rich and the Famous. I know, but... Robin Leach. on? Yeah, they're on somewhere, like on Lifetime or something. Cribs. What if they turn that E into a fucking pussy? Oh, is he the biggest pussy in the world? I actually liked uh, the Curbs so much last night that um, I, it made me didn't uh, not like uh, Bored to Death that filed after it. Uh, I, I, Unlike you people, I there's someone I trust who has a discerning eye when it comes to thing, and that's, of course, Ken from Portland, who fezzy is everything that you're not. And Dave is ten times more of everything that you're not. Okay. Uh, he said this. I wasn't buying Larry having to apologize to the NBC head to try to get the reunion show on. Any corporate suit would eat plate loads of shit when there's a cash cow uh, looming. I agree a million percent. I said that way it's going on. It's his job to pitch fucking Larry. He's going to put fucking Larry in the upper deck while he's sitting next to David fucking Spade. And no, normally Larry's fucking wrong. He saw the guy sidebar him. Right. That would have fucking ended it. I would have come back and said, I'll do the Seinfeld movie before I have anything to do with you. <laughs> um, and we already know that, the, you know, NBC's in giant fucking trouble. NBC. National Broadcasting Corporation. Is that what it was? Yeah. I don't know, I'm not going to tell you what I thought it stood for, but Earl would get mad. <laughs> Franklin would only be half mad. <laughs> Anthony in Long Island. I hope it's Ant. How you doing? Oh, God, <laughs> no, I'm so not. disappointed right now. <laughs> sorry, guys. I just want to let you know it's a great, you guys got a great show. Uh, Seinfeld, Curb, great debate. I think Curb has an advantage, though, because it's on HBO. It could be more authentic because they can use the language, adult situations, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, there is. And, of course, you don't have to fit into... Any of the kind of formats. 
any of the kind of formats. And laugh tracks, you know, kind of, I think hurt a show. If they're really, really good, like Larry or, or uh, Larry Sanders. Um, then the la- there's no need for a laugh track. But it always seemed to work with Seinfeld. What can I say? You don't have to say anything. Uh, Mike, Mike, you're on Fez. Hey, Ron and Fezzi. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Cheryl was looking good last night. Uh, here's the curb. Who would you do? Would you do uh, Susie or would you do Cheryl? The answer would be yes. Uh, both guests on the show, both incredibly sexy women. But I will say this. After doing a one-hour uh, unmask with Susie Essman, there is something about that woman that is phenomenal. Maybe it's just because she's brilliant, but every, when we left there, everybody fucking said to me, God, I didn't know I was in love with Susie Espen. She's really fucking uh, got some kind of electricity about her. They call it charisma. And, Is that it? And they and I think she has it in spades. I was uh, one of those you know people what? who uh, I don't who... like racism, uh, and I don't even think she's ever even been with a black guy. And I fucking really pissed. She has charisma in spades. Mm. But it's true. She was. Oof. Uh, here's Wes. Wes, you're on Ronnie Fez. Hey, yeah, Ronnie B. Uh, I thought on Entourage last night that the, uh, the boys, their storylines all kind of made sense. And then there was the Ari character who just was totally unbelievable and stupid. Seems like every week they pick a new character to just ruin. Uh, and I thought Ari was last night. I've loved him all the way through the series. And then last night, he's just terrible. Uh, Jeremy Piven. Just so far from unbelievable. You know, just, just so far from any believability. So I guess that would be close to unbelievable, not far from it. I went the exact opposite way, and I'm all lost right now, and I need a <laughs> GPS. Um, Even the GPSs can be confusing. And it just got written. It's not charisma with Susie Essman. Susie Essman has lightning. It is true. There's something about that uh, woman. And the interesting thing is Larry David saw it early on. You know what I mean? Like she wasn't a big stand-up. Or a big actress when he put her on the on the show, and he's like, the person I want to be with with Jeff is this you know girl that I knew in the New York clubs. She'd be perfect. Calls her out of nowhere, she shows up, boom, hit. Man, Larry David fucking knows how, knows how to run a fucking show. Yeah. Knows it. I wouldn't even call it lightning though. I would say she has presence. It's, like it's bigger than presence. Bigger it's than lightning. presence. Presence like, does light. sound smaller than lightning. What's the biggest thing you say? Lightning. Um, We're going to go with lightning. No. So you're wrong. Lightning no, she's went, like, lightning she's, she's like a, a, a comet. Susie's like a comet. I don't like that. you a question, Dave. Yeah. Well, first of all, she's like lightning, then we go on. Okay. <laughs> I remember a couple of years ago, you came in and your head was shaved. You had a one, just one strip into your head shaved. Do you remember that? You don't even remember coming to work one day with just a strip. Yeah, I remember. So you would actually like... lose Dave McDonald trivia. <laughs> I do remember that. I, I remember it being I was drunk or something. I remember coming in with the um the fucking it was like a Mike Tyson type deal. I remember that. I think. And you said you did it. Why? Um, I don't believe I did. I believe I passed out and it was done to me. Mm. Okay. I believe. That's a long time ago. It's two years. I've had two children, though, in a, in a marriage. I mean, that, Two that, years, but the fact that you're walking brain. around 
that something like this, that a lot of people would be traumatic, Fez. Oh, yeah. Be humiliating. Years, he can't remember whether he uh, shaved a strip into his own head or whether a bully did it to him. Is <laughs> interesting to me. Yeah. I woke up the next day and it was there, and uh, I assumed that it was the person who slept over. You didn't assume that it was you who did it. Why would I do that? What sense would that make? Okay. Especially when I wore a baseball hat in the next day because I was embarrassed about it. Like, if I had done it myself, then I would say, here, here's what I did. Oh, by the way, Paranoid said he's never laughed out loud at uh, Seinfeld uh, the way he has laughed out loud at Curb. And I'm going to trust Paranoid over anybody here except for, of course, Chris Stanley, who <laughs> agrees with him. And I'll trust him exactly the same as Paranoid. They're both brilliant shows, though. They're like the Beatles and the Stones. Well, if, if one of the fucking people was in both bands. It's more like the Beatles and Wings. <laughs> or if, like, Brian Epstein started his own band somehow. Tom in Connecticut, you're in Fizz. Hey, boys. I don't know if this is sad on my part, but I remember when Dave uh, shaved that, he actually called it the reverse mohawk. Yeah, he did. The re- <laughs> no, that was different. That was a fucking, uh, that was the, the, uh, that was the, uh, cl- the clown hair. And that was different because that was when I was attacked by the, um, the ONA staff during an Afro challenge, and I refused to give up my surrounding hair, my, my, my horseshoe hair. Oh, that was the best when that you was shaved the, the horseshoe. <laughs> that was a totally different scenario, Mr. That was really great. You actually and had I still dignity. won. Yeah, and I believe I still won the Afro challenge. So that's why Sam and Danny have their crazy ponytails. And everybody kept saying, hey, Louis CKT, wherever you went. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's a tweet. There's a tweet. Um... On, uh, oh, good. You know what? I'm not eating sweets right now, but uh, maybe Fez will have one. <laughs> no, uh, two, please. Tweets for everybody. <laughs> Twiggle tweet. They're delicious. This is like Twitter, Ron. I saw this on Twitter where there's well, why a... Why do you call it a tweet, then? I get fucking confused. A tweet is the actual sentence that you do. Twitter is the name of the website. So I just tweeted, you know, hey, Ron, what's going on? But I went on Twitter to do it. Okay. Okay. And anyway, I saw this on uh, Twitter. Um, Sirius XM Comedy World Series of Comedy. Uh, and uh, it's uh, a thing where you can vote for comedians, and they've pitted Jim Norton versus Louis C.K. Who's doing this? This is on Sirius.com slash comedy. And it is a... Uh, it's called the World Series of Comedy. Is this Raw Dog, or is it something different from Raw Dog? Um, it's, it says Raw Dog, Blue Collar, Laugh USA, Foxhole, and The Virus. So, so it's, it's on all the comedy channels. Anyone who would appear in any of those channels is doing this World Series of Comedy. And there's a lot of matchups going on, but I thought you'd be interested. What is it? Um, and they, they have Jim Norton versus Louis. Jim Norton representing the Dodgers, Louis C.K. representing the St. Louis Cardinals. And they want people to vote on it. Vote, uh, f- vote I for it. I want you to put me down as... I refuse to play your little fucking game. I'm voting on people to unmask veterans. Okay. It's fucking embarrassing to me. I'll, I'm going to put that so you uh, refrain. I don't like that kind of shit. What's the fucking purpose of it? It doesn't seem to make sense with uh, an art. <laughs> you know, it's not like they. You, you can. How can you define who a winner well, is? You know, have you ever listened to ONA and then uh, Louie and Jim go, okay, the guys I want you to pick between us? Right. <laughs> Who do you think is funny? It's a fucking ridiculous statement to make. It does seem like it's a little bit of divide and conquer. 
Like, you know, what's the point here? Why, would someone's trying to set up some tension? And actually, they, they both work very differently. They both uh, go to a very different place in comedy. And, and you could – here's the thing. Why do these people feel the need to make up fucking polls anyway? Because so they, they can't come up with their own fucking content? Probably because, yeah, I mean, that's just a, a, some more busy work so that they can clock out at 5 o'clock and say I was working on something. That would be like me saying, what is better, uh, your web page or a piece of shit? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. what the fuck? You just finally, you suddenly find yourself in a contest that you didn't sign up for? This isn't the night of fucking, you know... Find the funniest young man in Showtime or whatever those shows used to be. I know. Then I can understand. Then that would be like if if Louie and Jim said, we're having a contest between us. We want you to judge. I would probably say, yes, I will judge that. But if that was coming from them, not from the outside. Yeah, I doubt severely that either of them even know that this is going on. They probably on. don't even know that they're in it. No, I guarantee you they don't. Well, and I was very surprised that I learned this on the Twitter. Who, who Twitter's putting this out? Um, actually, I saw it on uh, E-Rock's uh, Twitter page about this thing. That this is where the, he it was. I was alerted there, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's weird." That you know, you're gonna you're standing you're standing up for this bullshit bogus poll. What's in it for him? Very confusing. Let's take it out. Very confusing. What does E-Rock get out of this? Did Opie have it on his page? I didn't see it there. Interesting. Didn't see you see it there. I don't yet. like these little contests. I, I don't think they do any good for people. And what does it have to do with baseball? Well, they're saying it's the World Series. Because the ba- uh, the playoffs start Wednesday, so they've assigned a comedian to every team. So they're like, oh, everybody's doing brackets. Here's a way to you know for us to tie our fucking thing in. They probably did the sixty four thing, you know, in March, and now they're like, what's another way we can do that? And then later you watch. They'll have a Super Bowl of of comedy. And and uh, and also they've they've assigned some comedian. They've assigned a comedian for the Tigers. Well, excuse me, we got a game to play tomorrow. So the, whoever <laughs> did this poll doesn't know sports either. <laughs> so not, not only are they taking shots at comedy, they're taking shots at baseball. I it's think it's, seriously, it's it's the type of thing that fucking annoys me. And it wouldn't annoy me except for it's our company. Can I show you another? W- no, I don't want to fucking any part of this. Good. Because I, I was I was actually pissed off at another thing aspect of it. All right, what is that? So that they've was... assigned another one was Dennis Leary versus George Carlin, and they assigned George Carlin to his team, the Angels, because he's dead. Oh, fun little joke. Whatever, that doesn't matter. <laughs> That's fact, not funny. The fact of the matter is, you think that fucking Dennis Leary would want somebody to pick between him <laughs> and George Carlin? He would go like this: don't, don't ever pick me over George Carlin. And now he'll look like I'm willing shit. to bet that without right. even knowing it. And he'll look like shit if his numbers aren't. I don't know what the numbers are, but if his numbers are bad, he doesn't look like shit. No one's going to go to this and play this. <laughs> it's fucking wrong. It, it's not asked for. It's because you're too lazy to create your own content. <laughs> Polls. This is what PM my PM my butt is the only acceptable answer. I, the only acceptable yeah. answer. Or it's people who can't make up their own mind about what they like. Uh, Darren, you're a manifest. Hey, buddies. Um, I kind of feel like they're moving towards the plot line of Cheryl being a lesbian on Curb. The first time Larry sees her, she's out to dinner with Wanda Sykes. Now, last night, she's going to a basketball game with three other women. Here's the problem with women. They kind of act lesbian-like, but then they don't do it. You know what I mean? Like, you ever notice this, the way women greet each other? Hi, gorgeous. 
Oh, look at beautiful. Oh, sexy. I don't know whether that's some kind of... You know how they said that the fucking handshake was meant... So, look, I'm putting my hand out. I'm not going to grab my sword. Right. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think women do that to say, I, I don't want this to be a sexy contest. You're the sexy one. Don't feel like you're competing with me. Because if fucking guys aren't going to go, hi, handsome. <laughs> it's the instant compliment thing that they do. It's yeah, but it's a, it's fake. a fucking, it's fake, and it's uncalled for, and it doesn't even fucking make sense. Hi, gorgeous. Hi, beautiful. Hi, sexy. And I've seen a lot of girls who will always then try and say, like, are you, did you get that thing done? Are you feeling okay? Like they'll 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 also uh, f- be uh, have a fake concern. See, I think it's competitive too in the other way, where it's like high sexy or high beautiful. It might be to point out, you know what? I really don't think you're all that sexy or beautiful looking today. So I'm just gonna draw attention to your appearance. I think it's all competitive with women. Yeah, but they do say it to beautiful women. I see them saying that. To- they don't, they're like, if they only said it to ugly women, you're saying? No, I think they immediately throw the, um, the attention on the other woman's appearance. To? To avoid their own appearance mm. or to point out any sort of flaw that the other woman might have. Well, I think it's I, that competitive. I mean, I don't think you're going to uh, point out a flaw. Hey, Clubfoot, what's going on <laughs> over there? What's happening? Hey, fatso. But you're making that. But you're making hey, that. fatty. <laughs> they're making that other woman think about her beauty. Am I really beautiful? It puts a little seed of doubt in it yeah. immediately. It's so competitive. Well, you know, Dave, do you think that you're competitive with, let's say, Hicks to get my attention, or like, have you been a little competitive with Franklin or Earl in the oh, past? Oh yeah. And that's because I have such high hopes for all of you. I remember what I wanted from from you. Dave, I said you could go on and maybe make it movies. Yes, you, know? you did. You said. That was my dream for you. You could be a movie star. And that's all I've actually wanted for any of the producers and interns is to make it movies, to make me proud. And uh, I'm proud to say Lily has done it. Lily what? is everything what? I wanted Dave to be. What do you mean? Uh, Lily is in a film. She got a film. Uh, it's going to be a major motion picture, and uh, she also, because of doing this, got her SAG card, and she just sent me some pictures of her on the set being directed. She's playing a special ed teacher, um, and I always thought that she could work with retards. That's the other thing with her. Um, these, Come over and look at these pictures, boys. She just looks fantastic. So proud of her. You know how Dave, I wanted Dave to get his own show. Now Lily has right. one. I wanted Dave to be in movies. Now Lily has. So he has done ever. She's done everything that I always wanted Dave to do. She's so photogenic. She's beautiful. As long as Earl's not taking the photo, she is so photogenic. Well, I mean, what kind of movie is this? Uh, it's about a guy named uh, Hamill, and he was uh, he went on to become um, college wrestling star and a UFC guy. Okay, he's the first deaf guy to be able to do this. Oh wow! So she to- she teaches him. Yeah, when he's a kid, and for that got her SAG card, which is 
really going to be fucking helpful. You know, maybe when when I write my screenplay, because I'm the mer- a member of the Writers Guild, maybe I'll cast her if she shows me something. And now she gets to vote in those SAG awards. The thing is, she's not living in dreams. She's doing it. Right. She is doing it. Um, Tracy in Pittsburgh, you're a manifest. Hey, sexy, handsome man. Um, the reason why... <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that works. I don't, yeah, I don't. I would never be greeted that way. It's very odd for me. Well, actually, it's, the reason why women have a tendency to do it is because we don't get compliments that much from men. So, therefore, you know, getting any kind of a compliment is a good one. Yeah, but those are empty compliments. Not you necessarily. Know? Yeah, Anything I don't... Makes your ego feel better. Makes you feel better. Do you think that women, like, would like it if we just said, hey, sexy... I mean, I thought that was the creepy type guy <laughs> who says that, which I'm just starting to know is women talk to each other like creeps. <laughs> Everything that they say they hate about us. No, but when my husband comes down and says, hey, sexy, I'm very happy about that one. Mm. And that's when he's guilty. You know why? Because <laughs> his dick smells like another woman. I want The next time he does that, I want you to reach down and smell his penis. Because I, 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 you're going to say, did you go fishing with your dick? Because it sounds like, smells like you caught something. All right. Yeah, uh, you'll um, be coming home from work. <laughs> uh, Dave, do you give your chick a lot of compliments? I, no, I need to step that up probably. Hicks? I try to, but. What kind of compliments you get? Hey, is that new ink? <laughs> <laughs> Some great weed you got. Who'd you go to for this? <laughs> oh, you always get the best weed, honey. That bolt uh, in your nose is really shiny. What'd you do? You get some silver polish on that? <laughs> I knew piercing. I'm wondering if he he has the kind of check to make him a sandwich. We won't ask him yet. Let's just try kind of a to tell the truth moment. Do you picture uh, his chick on? Are right, you gonna make you a sandwich, Fez? I say no, no sandwich. Not for the nurturing kind. Nope, nope. I'm with Fez a million percent. No fucking way. Let's check. Um, no way. Would, would your chick? And I'm saying on a regular level, a normal level. Level. And not when she's making herself a sandwich, but just go in the other room and make you a nice surprise sandwich. She tried once, and I never let her do it again. Boys, if I can hit that. Yeah. No way. I uh, bet he makes her a sandwich. Yeah, I'll cook a dinner, yeah, no problem. It's a, it's a one-way street, it seems like. The way he portrays it, he gives all the love. You know what we should say when we see Hicks uh, coming? Hi, gorgeous. <laughs> oh, what are you, you doing, sexy? <laughs> Hello, beautiful. Because you're the fucking girl. That's what we're saying here. How could a woman make a bad sandwich? She fucked up tuna fish. I don't know how the hell she did it. What, what, then what <laughs> long-term thing do you see in this relationship? <laughs> I don't need anyone to cook for me. I'm fine. I have ba- I have a very shitty palate, so I don't expect anything good food-wise. It, it's and not yet, even sticker. with your shitty palate... You, she can't make a tuna fish good enough to please you, a man who eat out of the dumpster. How old was the tuna? Did she mix it with poison instead of mayonnaise? She put lemon juice and onions in it. I don't. I didn't that sounds like fucking it. delicious. It wasn't very good. Tell her to bring me over one. Okay. Sounds like you made the wrong complaint. You could have been uh, living with Sandwich Queen now. <laughs> so you would eat the sandwich and then hope, then hope that she gets better at it. Um, yeah, I would have eaten the sandwich, as long as it wasn't rancid. I saw Fez over the weekend, uh, and he's doing, you ever see when he gets in the slow, depressed walk? 
Sure. You know what I mean? Where he's all hunched over. So I see him coming up First Avenue towards me. He has to give me some fucking work thing. And he, I guess you were out shopping before. And yeah. You went to a diner. Is wearing the largest pair of sweatpants known to man. <laughs> he is fucking. <laughs> the only thing that he was um, missing was curly shoes and an Iranian flag. <laughs> and he'd have been the Iron Sheik. <laughs> Sweatpants <laughs> that just went out as far as the world could say. Are they big? <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself two things. Number one, I'm going to keep going and act like I don't know him. But number two, here he is, a full year since the, the secret. And you haven't been able to attract. But he's walking around Manhattan <laughs> with gigantic sweatpants when you know people that affiliation care about clothes. <laughs> he also had a giant baggy fucking shirt on. So it, it looked like an unmade bed was coming down the street carrying a book for me. And you never also never know when you're going to run into someone who you might have a connection with. So well, Absolutely, Manhattan. Yeah, so you can't be dressed. Every day in Manhattan is like a cocktail party, <laughs> let's face it. Opportunity. But not only that, but you've you just never seen sweatpants this big before. <laughs> Those are my errand clothes. And um, well, running, remember just running that, to the store. You know, we always brought up like Seinfeld as being something you can still use after ten years. Remember when he said, like, when you just wear sweatpants, you gave up. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looked like. <laughs> what color were they? You you're too depressed to wear jeans. No, they just. I knew I was just running out. I didn't expect to be out that long, so it was. Didn't basically... matter. You left your home, and. And not even, like, form-fitting sweatpants. Just gigantic, <laughs> iron-chic sweatpants. <laughs> mm. Very strange. Strange, strange sweatpants. Well, maybe at least he was comfy, I guess. Comfy, cozy. Some people really like comfort in their clothing. But have you ever been uncomfortable in a pair of jeans? I mean, no, I mean, I I mean we live in a world of fucking yeah. comfort. I live across the street from 7-Eleven. Yeah. E even if it's 100 degrees out and uh, it's, you know, uh, midnight, I'll still put on jeans in order to go outside. But here, here's the other thing. You're not trying to uh, attract a, a discernible eye. And now I believe this. Neither is Fez Watley. <laughs> After seeing the size of those sweatpants. Well, I just wasn't in attraction mode at that point. It was Saturday morning. That would sound great if you had something to back up the last year with. Right. If you told me, Ronnie B., don't ever tell me how to do it. Look at this chart of success I've put together. <laughs> Did you take a shower? Like on it, before? No, I hadn't taken a shower. <laughs> he, was was, he, was, <laughs> he was fucking rancid. Why the ball cap was on too? <laughs> um, he was all but pushing a fucking shopping get bag filled with old trash. That's the other thing about homeless people is the stuff they have collected looks like they should be throwing it away. It's not only do you have nothing, but what you have is worthless. Mark, you're on my face. Uh, said these were his Aaron pants. Who's this Aaron, and why haven't we heard about him before? Fez has a funny accent. Aaron with a D. 
We wouldn't say Aaron. <laughs> uh, John in Ohio. Hey, buddies. How are we doing today? None of your business, John. Hey, uh, you stole that sweatpants joke from Harry the Intern. Way to hang around. That's great. As the boys <laughs> say, linger longer. Yeah, that was uh, his big uh, thing about uh, it looks like you're too fat for pants. And then we did, and I forgot all about this, we did say you stole that from Seinfeld. And then we've never heard from Harry again. <laughs> No. Harry has gone underground like no one ever has. <laughs> I think he became a school teacher, but I don't yeah. even know. He, Is that he, what he's doing? He, well, he was teaching. I tried to call him one time. But it was time. years ago. He didn't, uh, right. yeah. He especially hated you because he felt like you pushed him out. <laughs> right. I don't think that made much sense. He uh, felt like going, hey, we're cruel to him and set him up against us. But he really was a guy who took the job. And just was depressed from day one. Just depressed. Strange, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, what else is weird is how we try to convince people, yes, you can do this, even though they're acting differently. What do you You mean? You know what I mean? Like, for some reason, we'll we'll use Fez as an example. Now, the way you've acted over the last couple of years is is like everything's a struggle. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But from, for some reason, every day I spend time telling you, like, no, you can do this. Right. I see what you mean now. Now who's the crazy one? <laughs> Me or him? Probably you. Why don't we just go? When someone goes, I can't do this, why don't we just go, yeah, it's starting to become obvious. <laughs> that you don't want to do it. Well, because you want to, if you can turn someone around, then you've also done something good for them and yourself. Right. So it's about the other yeah, person's ego. You. And it's a fucking character flaw in the person trying to help. Probably. It's like, you know, they think of themselves as Pat Morita from Karate Kid. Right. Like, I can fucking, uh, I can change lives rather than say, I see. I see. It actually takes probably more strength to say, you know, you're right. You should go somewhere else and move move on. Right. Well, you know, I do this sometimes with the people who, uh, you know, they fucking um, come and they say, uh, oh, I want to quit drinking, right? And you're like, okay, well, here's the groups and here's the kind of books to read and, you know, it's going to be, you tell them how fucking rough and to stick with it. And like immediately they're like, what I really want to do is get fucked up. I want to get drunk. And then for some reason it becomes my job to say, no, dude, you don't want to get drunk. But you just, you know, you, first you told me you you want to stop drinking. So I say, here's how they get help. Then they go, I want to drink. So then it's supposed to be me who says, well, no, don't drink. Yeah, because then they take the responsibility yeah. out of their own hands. And then, now I'm supposed to be the guy. And then I'm like, I feel bad. Why? Someone else started drinking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like they... They fucking were walking along and they fell in a vat of fucking whiskey. <laughs> they did what they chose to do. It's an interesting thing. Yeah. I'm agreeing with you. It's a character flaw not to take people at their word. <laughs> this might be life changing. Remember? Um, Absolutely life changing. Last night when Larry David um, was going to give that guy the benefit of the doubt and then he, it came back to haunt him. And he said, you know what? Jesus Christ. I, that's the last time I ever do that. It's because people don't deserve the benefit of the, of the doubt. You just need to live your own life, perhaps. Mm. 
I got this email I never from try a and help uh, people. woman that says, I make a point to tell another woman they look great if it looks like they put some effort into her hair, clothing, etc. Because I think they put the effort. It's important uh, to them. So if it's not acknowledged, it'll feel bad. But when it comes to like, patronizing rather than competitive place, so not really like a handshake. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not talking about what a handshake is today. I mean, the way the handshake started. Like, I mean, you're not in danger. But it's a very interesting thing. I don't know whether it seems like a compliment to to men to only compliment a woman when they get dressed up. You know what I mean? Like, if you say if the a woman gets dressed up and you go, "You look great," it kind of alludes to. I don't tell you you look great all the time, and now I'm suddenly telling you the only time you look great mm. is in a fucking dress and with makeup on. Now who looks like the fucking asshole? <laughs> it's very fucking. You are walking through uh, a minefield with eggshells on top of it when you're dealing with women all the time. I mean, if uh, I got into trouble a couple weeks ago by saying out. I like like uh, girls who are a little bit bigger. Now I certainly didn't mean fucking gigantic fat, you know, people. You meant tall? No, I meant with a little bit of meat on their bones, like um, whatever. I can't even name any actresses, but someone who's bigger. Garcielli. Yeah, I mean not to that size, but I mean someone who's bigger as opposed to the uh, Calista Flockhart. Right. But because I said that, it was insinuated that I was saying that she's fat. So you were saying non-anorexic. Is basically what you meant. Yeah. But here's the thing: it's very. The point was this: it doesn't even matter that that. It's like if you say something looks good that isn't them. You're saying right. The problem is, so if you you can't say, hey, that black chick is pretty because she can't just suddenly emulate it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if it was something she could change her hair or whatever, she might be fine with it. Yeah. And it was just, there's men and women talk with different vocabularies. I mean, if I say someone, I like a girl who's a little bigger, I'm not talking about a, you know, a huge person. I'm just saying someone who has curves. Now, have, have you ever been with your chick and she's like, hey, doesn't she look nice or isn't she pretty? And she's pointing like someone in the street and you're like in the back of your head, is this a trap? Is there a possible way for me to lose this fucking test? I'll just always agree with them. Um, Ryan, Ryan, you're on the Run of Fez show. How you guys doing? Good. Yeah, so I was just curious to know, I live in the city as well, and I have a tendency to just throw on some flip-flops with my pajamas and head out to the grocery store. Well, what's your thoughts on uh, pajamas instead of sweatpants? Um, it's, you know, it looks like you haven't gotten out of fucking college yet. And this started with, uh, first of all, I can't think of anything. That looks worse than a guy in pajamas, even in his own bed. It's a fucking babyish look. <laughs> clothing, sleep clothing for men is a very difficult thing to put off. Now we have, we do have the robe, which you can get away with. Walk around your house in a robe, but a guy walks around his house in his pajamas, <laughs> looks like he was in the movie Big. <laughs> Or, yeah, this isn't some older time. Are you a pajama guy, Fez? Uh, no, not a pajama guy. What do you sleep in? I sleep in, like, some gym shorts and a T-shirt. What about in the wintertime? Um, probably a long sleeve shirt, but still the gym shorts. Got to be in shorts at all times. Yeah, got to have the shorts on. Why are you wearing any shorts? Because you're sleeping at your house with no one else. 
Now, I still like to have an extra layer there. In I, I, case of rape? <laughs> Dave, what are you sleeping? Just boxer shorts. And that's it. That's it. Even in the coldest of winter? I love the cold winters. It actually is my favorite time of the year. In the winters, I just have a blanket. In the summer times, I just uh, I don't even use a blanket. Uh, what about you, Hicks? Pair of shorts in the summer and then the winter sweatpants. That's it. Um, so what you're saying here is Fez went out in his fucking pajamas. Yeah, obviously. Sweatpants are, are pajamas to you. Yeah. That's all because you've never been to a gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's that? He's never had to sweat. <laughs> Wait a minute. You, you brought up a word there I'm not familiar with. Jim. Coming up in just a, a, a couple moments, uh, we'll be uh, talking with um, young gentleman. What's the name of the new album? 55 Cadillac. And how do we get a hold of it? You go to, it's on iTunes.com and uh, Amazon. You can grab it right there. And then his website is what? AndrewWK.com. So AndrewWK is uh, stopping in. Big party rock guy. Uh, now... And I, I wouldn't even say that I, I believe that he's flipping his career. He's just doing this one album as classical piano, classical piano uh, for one album. Really interesting uh, move to make. And, of course, uh, you know, the, the kid does uh, – he's got a really fun club here in town in a time that, you know, people don't do nightclubs very well. Ever since corporations got involved in nightclubs, mm. they've kind of blown – uh, really, I've always found that the best kind of clubs or bars come from people who didn't exactly know what they were doing when they opened the bar. You know, like they're like, oh, I always wanted to open a bar. And then hopefully they make some kind of mistake that works out fantastic. Mm. And that's why like Bennigan's couldn't make it as a bar. TJI Fridays is an embarrassment because when a corporation gets what could be fun and tries to ha make it happen? And the same thing will happen in big dance clubs, big nightclubs. As soon as you're, you're putting all the money in the lights and you're looking for a vibe, it becomes kind of soulless. And it starts to attract the wrong kind of people. Have you ever been to a club that's like really great? And then you go back six months later and you're like, this fucking place has changed. Nothing has physically changed. It's just that the crowd has fucking changed. That's why in New York, and I don't want to offend you here, Dave, they call the weekends bridge and tunnel night. Yeah. And that's why some of the people laughed at you, Fez, at your piano bar, uh -huh. that you're not doing well, because you don't go out on the nights that New Yorkers go out. Right, which would, uh, you know, I'd have to go pick a weeknight when the locals are actually sitting there. Look at him. He's understanding. Mm. He won't do it, but he understands. But bridge and tunnel, tunnel mean... People from I got it, I got it. That's Jersey ridiculous. are going to come in. Right, okay. Oh, by the way, Z-Man wants to do something, you and him, in Jersey, pro-Jersey, and then he would also put it on planet Z-Man. And now that Sam and Dave I'm are in. so close together <laughs> with that, where you guys are starting to overlap. No, no, no. We do much different stuff on Sam and Dave. I don't think so. We do. I listened to the show the other night. The whole show? The whole show. Got a lot well, of as soon as I found out where Laszlo was, oh. I was able to go to the show I wanted to hear. No, no, no. It was very varied. Mm. Success. Okay. Well, you did make 202 Friends Twitter, and that hasn't happened before. That's right. So congratulations. Thank you. Boy, you really opened my eyes up with this Fez thing. 
I love the way you're able to submarine him without him not even saying it. <laughs> I didn't. You're I the only guy it. that could talk behind his back in front of his face. And I looked over I and to see whether there was any recognition. None. Well, I wasn't talking None. about fans. By the way, we're not going to talk about uh, our fantasy league until tomorrow. But you are the fright of our fantasy <laughs> league. <laughs> and I didn't see that coming. Um, tomorrow is the day that all the games are over. <laughs> so we'll wait for them. Fez, is, you're in a... Oh, I'm in a dogfight. Fire yeah. You're in a firefight. There's no doubt about it. Um, it is tight. <laughs> I am the guy whose fucking projections never match the fucking score. Two weeks in a row, my <laughs> projections are so far. The projections blow. They mean jack shit. I usually have decent projections, too. I know you don't. I go and check it, yours. And I'm always like, Dave's in pretty good shape here. And I know that as soon as I change my team, all my guys are going to do well. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to fucking play the odds. But the projections don't reflect that if you make a move. No, but what I'm What's saying, that mean? No, you yeah. can still see what they did. Yeah. You can still get their their, their uh, projections. So you can find out what everybody, even if it's a guy on your bench or on, a, on another team, you can see their projections. So yeah. you can move it so that number goes up, uh-huh. but it doesn't fucking help you on Sunday. <laughs> when the games are played. I hate fancy football. Well, here's what I fucking hate. <laughs> I, here's what I hate. I had I, my fucking quarterback is fucking uh, Rivers. He was getting his shit beat out of him last night. But in fantasy, he was doing okay. While he's losing 28 to nothing, I look over and his fantasy numbers are all right. Right. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, then how am I supposed to figure this fucking out? <laughs> A guy who's losing 28 to nothing is losing 28. First of all, the quarterback should be penalized or get extra points depending on whether the team wins or loses. That would be wonderful. Because a lot of times... Because I got Brady. Uh, yeah, and a lot of times, this who's getting better every week, by the yeah. way. Uh, but a lot of times, the smart thing to do is to put the game on the fu- ball on the ground, run out the clock, manage the fucking field, Whoa. and you're not getting the fucking credit for that. Somebody who has your defense, that defense is playing... On another team is getting the credit. Right. And Eli played three quarters again this week just because he did his job. Right. And another thing is I am suing the Cowboys because they told me Marion Barber will not be playing this weekend. So I fucking have him on the bench. Right. He has a monster game, and I, he's on my bench. You're getting sued, Wade Phillips, you fucking liar. He's trying to build Belichick this shit and and be dishonest with the injury reports. That's against league policy. I'm going to call Roger Goodell as soon as the show's over. I'm sick of getting fucked around by these head coaches. I'll tell you right now, this fantasy football is is torn this fucking show apart. <laughs> torn us apart. Down to the fact that <laughs> Dave is obviously working against Fez and for the first time ever has got me thinking. All well, I this didn't mean time. to. I know. It wasn't. No, but for years I've been trying to fix Fez. Right. You said something interesting to me. i got to fix me. Well, I was talking, yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I think it's just easier to, to. I can't help anybody. I was just looking at it from my own fucking perspective. You're right, though. I can't help it. What am I going to do? What am I going to give Chris Stanley a fucking advice? 
and had to help his mom. I, I, what, what's the point? And yet you do. You're like our own little fucking redheaded Dr. Phil <laughs> with a drunken strip down the front of his head, not remembering whether he did it or someone did it to him. Hence you the blackout. That's that's why. Yeah, yeah. That's the power of the blackout. That's the power of the blackout, baby. I think that was some kind of 80s song. That's the advice guy, Strippy. <laughs> strippy. But his advice was right. You're the first person to give me that advice. Cut him loose, Claire. <laughs> I said cut him loose. Shake him off. I didn't say that. Scrape him off is what I got to do. Um, all right, we need to take a break here. We come back, we're going to have uh, Andrew W.K. in studio. He's got a brand new album out. Right back, Ron Fez Show. And that's Cadillac from 55 Cadillac. That's the brand new album out by Andrew W.K. How are you, my man? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me here. It's uh, a really interesting move to make uh, for a person in your career to, to put out this album. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, in one way, the most different thing I could do in terms of it being largely 99% instrumental, just mm-hmm. piano. Uh, but in other ways, it's sort of the closest to home for me because piano is the instrument I first learned and have played the longest in my life and played before I ever heard of rock music I was playing yeah. piano so although most of my other albums are pure rock and roll this one uh, manages to be a little bit of a, a journey into a new place and also a return to home so you grew up playing the piano now was that the, your decision or did, was it your family's mm, bringing well, to see you as a young person when you're that young mm-hmm. you it's a bit of a, I don't know how to describe it. You're relying on your parents for so much mm-hmm. that um, certainly I wanted to do it, but they pushed me and, and encouraged me in a way that I wouldn't uh, have been able to do my own self. Mm-hmm. So there were days when I didn't want to go to take lessons or didn't want to practice and didn't want to do that, and they helped keep the focus for me, and I, that's why I'm so grateful to them because mm-hmm. if, if I had it, had it up to me entirely, I, I'm sure I would have not taking it as far as I did. And, and having that foundation, uh, that understanding of music is what enabled me to do everything else. So. so you were trained to be like a classical piano player? Or just traditional. I had a very uh-huh. traditional uh, training. It was a, a really great school. Uh, the University of Michigan has a program where the graduate students there can teach young kids. So mm-hmm. I was one of the young kids who enrolled there. And being taught by another student, uh, albeit a much older and very advanced student, I and mean, I was five years old, they were... I guess in their mid to late 20s, the passion that they had for playing piano themselves, they're still learning the instrument. They're still engaged. It's not like getting taught by some, uh, I mean, I have, have, <laughs> have other teachers that were much, much older, and they didn't really play anymore, and they weren't really interested in it. They just taught lessons. But seeing someone who loved the piano, I remember the first time I ever got chills from music, where you actually feel like goosebumps on your skin, was watching one of my piano teachers play one of the pieces she was working on. And you were just a little kid at the time? Yeah, like five. Five we started and took lessons with that school until I was about 13. And it's a completely different experience, I guess, than a kid just saying, I'm going to do, you know, I've heard some stuff on the radio. I'm going to play along. I mean, you you well, That got, counts, too. Yeah. But you got an introduction, I guess, that most rock and roll performers never get. You know, well, maybe. I mean, there's some that are able to figure those things out. I actually started taking lessons again now, and 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 now 
I'm able to understand a lot more of the theory about why certain notes sound the way they do and why certain rhythm works this way and different chords and things like that. But yeah, I'm, again, I'm very grateful to have had that because that's how I able was able to figure out how to play guitar and, and drums and other things was just, again, having that fundamental basis in piano. So uh, for you, this feels normal for people who followed your career, uh, where you're basically known for rock and hard rock. This seems like a swerve. I mean, we don't... A swerve see... is a good way yeah. to put it. It's a car <laughs> swerving off the road, and yeah. it's a white-knuckle ride. Uh, but this is also your... Uh, the, the thing that I admire about you is this: you, you're picking your destiny. You've got your own record company. Uh, you have your own fans that you're in contact with. Mm. I mean, it's it's a really, it's really about a lot more than I guess the connection that you have with people. Right. That's now. what it's all about. Yeah. That's that's the whole thing, and that's particular to this music. I mean, there's lots of artists, lots of musicians that have a great fan dynamic, and I was inspired by those groups that when I listened to them, I felt like they would want me to be part of their band or they would they'd be glad I was a fan of theirs. I didn't like that idea that the artist didn't like their fans or that they didn't want certain people listening to their music or you had to fit into a certain lifestyle in order to be a real fan or your opposer. All that stuff was so discouraging and such a distraction from the joy of music. So I, when I made this, I wanted the whole thing, the whole vibe of Andrew WK to be about this friendship, this party the celebration where you get mm -hmm. together with people and even if they never got a chance to meet me they already feel like they're part of it with me and i guess uh, you know in the same way that that's great you kind of also give up something because it's not as mysterious mm, as that's true you know uh, i remember hearing this story uh where a bunch of soul acts were in las vegas and james brown would not walk around the casino everybody else was in the casino having fun and he goes i if i'm down there i stop being james brown I want them to see me on stage and see me leave the stage wow. and make that bigger than life. I understand that, and, and and that's why it's so great that there are those entertainers who who do empower their their act or their presentation by being hard to get to, by being inaccessible. I don't criticize them because a lot of the the great musicians, Michael Jackson, for example, he mm -hmm. really was able to combine. Uh, both those realms. I mean, people felt very close to him, but he was also the most distant person could an entertainer could be. It just happens that this vibe it wouldn't it wouldn't make any sense for me to to carry myself that way. Sure. And the music, fortunately, encourages me to be friendly. I was a really shy person and kind of afraid of the world growing up. And one of the ways I was able to overcome those fears was by making this kind of music, this music that that put me out there. It forced me to get out in the world, and I had to represent it and be the guy who could present it to people. Right. So it required me to be friendly and, and to really commit to that. But again, it all goes back to what I what I would want to feel if I was a fan and what, what, what would I want the artist to be like and what would the coolest guy in the world do and how would his music sound and coming up with this concept of the best vibe ever and saying, like, that's what I'm going to try to do. Now, did you have a band like that when you were younger that you connected with that you felt like... Uh... Yes, yeah, they, 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 well, there's a lot of local bands. I grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, so a lot of the sh first shows I saw were by local bands. Mm -hmm. But I didn't really think of them as local bands. I just thought of them as this in amazing band that happened to go to my high school or happened to live down the street. And they're bands that people probably haven't heard of, but they did make a lasting impact. As far as uh, national bands, Parliament and Funkadelic mm -hmm. were the groups that inspired this feeling of joy and possibility in me. And 
even though the music had been made before I was born or very, much many years earlier, and by people that I couldn't necessarily relate to culturally or with background or even racially, the, there was so much different. But yet I felt like they were reaching out to me and, and that I could be included in their vision. And that and I wanted to be part of that. It sounded so fun. It sounded cool. It's a funky vibe. It, it, who wouldn't want to be part of it? Uh, and I had the chance to see them at, at certain yeah. times in my life, yeah. And again, coming uh, from probably a time and a place where there was a lot of prejudice, but that band would bring people together. And, and I remember at one show, I looked out, and there were more audience members on the stage, <laughs> and band members were in the audience. And yeah, it, it was a full room, the, yeah. the entire room together. Yeah, it, and see, I think a lot of people forget that that's what it, it, it's always been about, that the audience is also responsible for what happens. They're night. performing. The audience is performing as much as the, the performer is. The, yeah. the, the, the performer can become the audience member. And it, with it, when you have a great crowd, that's what you want. You want to be able to watch the crowd and be just as entertained and thrilled by them and their presence in that room as, as they are by yours. You know, somebody I interviewed uh, before, movie director, is Quentin Tarantino, oh, yeah. who I feel is does with his audience, where he'll go, all right, if you like my movies, here's some new movies coming out, here's some old movies that were around. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think people even realize how much he's lifted uh, his own industry by making the audience feel like, yeah, I, I want to be part of this more than just what's handed to me. That's amazing. Week. I didn't really think about it that way, but you're right. I think he, he absolutely encourages a level of interest uh, and curiosity in people who are into his movies and introduces them to things that they might not yeah. ever find out about. And that's actually this tour I'm doing right now uh, with this string quartet, the whole concept, and maybe even the piano album too, is to, to show people that they already have to show the listener they already have the capabilities to appreciate these things. Right. It's just a matter of being introduced to it. Now, these songs you were improvising in the studio, or you'd yes. written them down? No, these ones I made up mostly on the spot. See, uh, I guess for a non-musician, it's really difficult to know where your head would be when you're doing that. Are you thinking ahead of yourself, or you're just directly in the moment? It's a it's a it's a mix, uh, but it's mostly in the moment. It's like humming. If you mm -hmm. were humming, like people sing in the shower, they whistle a tune to themselves. Where does that come from? Where's that emerging from? Is it like they heard it before? Is it something in their subconscious that's emerging? And, and improvisation or spontaneous playing is a way to really harness all of that energy and, 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 and manifest it in some kind of melody. So it's like a white-knuckle ride. That's why it is really like swerving around in a car, because half the time I don't know what's going to happen next. And even when I listen back after recording it, I didn't remember most of the stuff that I'd first recorded. Because you're in a kind of a different state of consciousness. It's very different, yeah. And that's another reason it's so different from my rock albums, because the rock albums, I wrote those songs over years of fine-tuning and overdubs and all these adjustments until I got it as great as I could. And this was an opportunity to throw all that away and say, I'm just going to play whatever happens, happens. Even if I think it sucks, that's part of the, the thrill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, particularly if it's just that one night. But it's another <laughs> thing to put it on a studio That's album. true. <laughs> well, I like that feeling of risk. I like, I got to keep pushing myself into potentially humiliating or vulnerable situations. And I didn't used to like that, but it's almost like when my parents would make me go play piano, we'd have to do a big recital, and it was just... I would dread it for months. Like the whole, actually, since the the seasons would begin, we'd have a big recital at the end of each season, and I would be dreading it the whole time to the point where I was almost delirious with fear. By that time, I actually went up and played. But you got to believe that when it was done, it was 
like a revelatory experience when I actually had gone through with it. Even if I messed up or it wasn't completely perfect, the fact that I put myself and went through with something that was so uncomfortable and easily could have just stayed at home and not done it. And I got to keep giving that self to me. So an album like this is a, a way to really potentially embarrass myself <laughs> and I get a rush out of that. Well, overcoming fear, of course, is the greatest feeling that you can have. Yeah, that's what it is. Rising up above it. And then also, of course, like we were bringing up the audience, the audience is also taking a leap with you. That's actually, you know? you're absolutely right. I forgot about that. I mean, and then that's the great thing about an improvised album or, or, or the audience doesn't know what's going to happen any more than you know what's going to happen next in that piece. So you really are in it together. And with this, as much as there was no one else there listening to me play, it was in a studio, it wasn't uh, live. There is this sense that someone else is going to listen to this. I'm imagining an audience listening to it someday. Those things, uh, those things do have an impact on you. And I really love the idea that we don't know what's going to happen, yet something's going to happen anyway. Well, you're also known for, besides your music career, you probably have uh, what's considered the best club in New York oh, City right thanks now. Thanks so much. And um, you're doing stuff there mm. as far as bringing people together. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's sort of like the physical version of everything we've been talking about uh-huh. and, uh, sonically or the, the dynamic that exists between a performer and the audience and the audience and the performer. Here's a chance now to actually build a space where those things can happen. And I, I've lived here now for 12 years and always enjoyed going out to clubs and the, the great venues that have been here for so long. But some friends and I thought, what if we what if we did our own place? What if we could do it exactly like we wanted? And everything that I learned, even going to venues around the world and playing, what if we could apply that to the ultimate place? So we built this place from scratch, Santos Party House, downtown. It's right between Chinatown and, and Tribeca, brand new space. Nothing had ever been in there in terms of a club. We built it from the ground up, every brick. And it has the best sound, the best lights. And I don't, I don't mean to mm-hmm. say that in a boasting way, but that was the goal. And most of all, to have the best vibe, like a place where you could go and experience the kind of stuff we're talking about, where you look at people and they feel like your friend. Not like your friend that you're going to go home. Well, that's bit, <laughs> yeah, that can yeah, happen. That's, yeah, that's something different. <laughs> no, but there's this feeling of camaraderie that you're all in this together. And to me, that's what New York City is. You stand on the street corner, 6th Avenue, and... We're all in this together. Like This is the stage. This is the room, the city. So to be able to sort of formalize that in a club or a concert hall like we've done with Santos, that's an opportunity of a lifetime. That's the biggest project I've ever been involved in. And I think people forget just the primal you know, history of what a club is. I mean, normally a club is just what the fire used to be years ago with cavemen, you know. <laughs> wow, yeah. So you got to bring <laughs> something to that. And I was talking with uh, Susie Essman. Uh, uh, who uh, during my stand-up show on mass mm. and she her opinion is uh that if you know five percent of that room was different people she would have a different uh room that night it would be a completely different that show sensitive. yeah well, so yeah. so in the course of going to a club um again you're just basically an on- audience member but you're also a participant on what that vibe is going to be right. for the club that night you make the atmosphere that's what's so exciting about nightlife is the person who dresses up now we don't have a dress code anybody can get in whatever they're wearing um but it's amazing when you see someone who's put that extra effort in who wants to to create an experience for you not right. just for themselves but you seeing them is going to be memorable and interesting and exciting and Again, that's the best thing. The most entertaining thing I can do is stand on the corner of 42nd Street and 7th Avenue. And every tourist, every visitor, every commuter who's coming in or going home, everybody who's lived here for 30 years or the person who's just been here for 30 seconds, it's it's being a part of that and seeing what they're doing and, and enjoying it like entertainment. 
Yeah. And that also seems to change. I mean, if you study the history of New York, that vibe changes that there's always mm. a different New York. You know, yeah. the 50s New York had a different vibe than the 60s New York. Absolutely. Uh, and obviously in this town, a there's a difference between a, a pre 9-11 and a post 9-11 vibe That's went down. Very intense. Very, very intense. I was here during that and uh, it was the scariest thing that I'd ever gone through. But, again, the aftermath and what happened was extremely positive. I mean, yeah. there, was, there was such a feeling in the air uh, I'd never felt before anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and it was scary. It was exhilarating. It was also loving and, and the sense of the city saving itself um, that I think is still resonating. And I think, sure. I, think, I think Bloomberg also was able to harness that goodwill and, and build the pride of the city around it and of course with Giuliani kickstarting it but New York is an amazing amazing place and it was clear to me the first time I visited here that this was the place to be yeah and those of us that really loved New York before tended to love it even more after really you know I'm glad I mean? to hear that because yeah. well, some people complain and I mean I understand it I did it myself as as well like the way Times Square changed or the yeah. way the city was cleaned up in ways but I also have been mugged here and mm -hmm. I'm happy to have there be less of a risk of, of mugging. I'm happy that younger people can come here, families can come here, and it's safer. And, and again, that's just the thing. It's a different era. It's sure. just a different version, and it's going to change again. That's the spirit of it. It is 100% true that this is a river, and I think mm. that it changes all the time. And anybody from the past would come here and go, this isn't even New York. Right. And, you know, right. they would not get it. But that is the entire history of that's this That's what city. it is. Yeah, it's never been a constant. And the cool thing that you're doing is being a part of that, not trying to change it for good, but make your little part. I just want to revel in it. Yeah. And just it, living here is the greatest privilege anybody could ever have. And getting to live in Manhattan, at first I lived in Brooklyn, but the whole goal was how can I get to Manhattan? How can I get to Manhattan? And I live right, actually, I, I, I live 10 minutes walk from here. I live mm -hmm. in Midtown because that was where we visited when I came with my dad. We Like every other tourist, we go to Times Square and we would go see stuff on Broadway and that density, that excitement, the version that I see on TV or in the movies, too. I wanted to be in that romanticized idea, and I, I just feel so grateful. So blessed. Yeah. There are times that you you are in the movie. You're just walking down the oh, street, yeah. and you're in a Woody Allen movie. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it really is. It's the greatest. And I, I still meet people. Like, I met a really old man in uh, New Orleans a few months ago. I was thinking about him on the way back here, who is probably 70 years old, and he's never been to New York. And that's hard for me to imagine, that you could live your whole life in America and not experience its, what many would say, is greatest city. See, I used to not like to definitively say, because yeah. I felt like other people were then, their feelings are hurt. But it is. <laughs> it really yeah. is the best. Yeah. And you know what? I think it's kind of even positive that there is a place that you could say, here's the best. If you want to, you know, hey, the, the Sinatra song about make it here, make it anywhere, you oh, know. It's, the, it's so powerful. It's kind of a really important thing for even the country. Even yeah, the world at this point, because yeah. this is this this is the global city, right? Mm -hmm. That's what they say. This is the city of the world, and to have it be in America is great. But I I kind of feel like it could be anywhere. But there's certainly, it's a it's a country of its own. It's a planet of its own. But it also is absolutely an American vibe. And living in New York is what was able to make me appreciate the the miracle of the, of this country as well. Um, that's really well put. And you know, kind of an interesting thing that you do that most performers don't. You will bring your philosophy back and not just singing about having fun but you'll take it out you've done speaking tours yeah and stuff. yeah speaking well it's more basically like what we're doing now mm -hmm. um i try to make it more of a conversation instead of just talking at people uh we engage 
I ask them questions, they ask me, and I've done them at colleges, even places like Yale, which was so intense. Sure. Because then there were, there were really, really, uh, how do I put it, heavy-duty professors, and, and, and I never went to college, okay? Mm-hmm. So I've always been intimidated by that. I still look at college students as being older than me or, like, being big kids somehow, and uh, I, I just chose to move here and do music instead. But I always admired that commitment people have to that academic curriculum, and it's been just the most bizarre and amazing experience to, to be invited now, having never gone to college and doing something that I think is pretty absurd, uh, or I would imagine it looks absurd in their eyes, flailing around and s- s- screaming my music. But here I get this chance to go and talk before the professors at Yale. That's just amazing. So I like to do it. To me, I want to use as many ways as I can to get this vibe across, mm-hmm. to entertain, to, to make people feel good. And whether it's talking about it, whether it's singing about it, whether it's TV or radio or writing mm-hmm. or, or whatever, the computer, I just want to, uh, I don't want to cut out any, any possible tool. And then you, but that also makes you stand up. And when somebody stands up, of course, you're going to also be heckled at the same time. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who are going, why are you doing this? You should be doing this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every, get back to what you did on this album. Sure, or, sure. Yeah. And the, you know what? They have a point. They're right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm glad to get those kind of reactions, too. I, I used to, of course, get a lot more upset by criticism. Uh, and if someone didn't like it in the way I wanted them to, that could be upsetting. If someone didn't like it, period. Uh, then that, of course, was upsetting. But at some point, it just became so upsetting and so painful, I had to find another way to to look at people's reactions and opinions about what I did. And basically, agreeing with them was a lot less painful and saying, okay, they're right. It doesn't mean that I should react to it. But if they really think this, that's their opinion. The big breakthrough was to realize that reading a review of an album or of a book or a movie or hearing someone's opinion about another person in any regard, whether they're a critic or not, all you're getting... You're not getting any real information about the book or the movie or the song. You're getting a view into this person's head mm-hmm. and how they look at the world. And once I looked at it that way, it was much less threatening because I say, I'm not, this guy's not talking about a song. He's talking about what it's like for him to listen to the song. So if I am going to have any understanding of the song, the only thing I could do is, is to, to listen to it myself. And we can take people's opinions and learn from them. Of course, that's why they, they have value and we all, we all should share. But remember, the experience of listening to a song will never be equal to the experience of hearing someone talk about it, Hmm. fortunately. Yeah. Or we would just talk and never listen. (laughs) We would just never (laughs) listen at all. So was this something, was this like a light switch that went off for you, or you had to go through it for a while? I went through it. When I came out, people reacted really strongly. Uh, Some people had just a really passionate dislike. For mm-hmm. for almost me personally, it seemed. Although they hadn't, they never met me. They don't know me. But is this, that because there was quick popularity for you? Or? I, I'm sure. Yeah, it was just this guy came out of nowhere. Who mm-hmm. is he? And I really worked hard to eliminate um, any context that people would try to use to figure me out. Where did I come from? What's my background? And things like that. We were able to really obscure that. And the the side effect was people would kind of make up their own idea of right. who I was. And I didn't really anticipate that. But the light switch or the moment of inspiration was when I just decided to embrace it. And if you can take – it's all this energy. So if you can take negative energy and almost like alchemy, like turning it into gold, if you can harness that and use it in a creative way that actually pushes you forward, then you're just set. So that's really my goal now is to take all the different vibes people are putting back at me from whatever I present to them, whatever I perform, 
and use it to somehow keep going in a more intense way. Well, I know uh, plenty of performers who will go, you know, I'm going to take that anger and I'm going to give it back to them or they seem to need an enemy or I'm going to prove that mm. my, I'm bigger. But you seem to not be caught in that rut. You seem like, I don't know, it almost seems like you're not even having expectations from where your career is taking you right now. That's a, yeah, I guess so. You know, I mean, well, it's gotten so wild. You wouldn't have put out this album if you were like, I need to be number one or I need, mm. you know, you, you're doing something a little different. I'm doing what my heart tells me to, but that's what I've always done. So it sometimes it takes me in crazy places. I think maybe I just, I've learned to trust it, my instinct more and more and more. And even if it seems like career suicide or a terrible idea or the last thing I should do, if, that deep part within you tells you to do something. You got to do it. If you, you you have to. If you don't, you're not really living. Right. You know, it's uh, and it, that's more painful to me than the potential fallout of what might be a bad decision or crazy decision. Not following your heart. That's death. Yeah, and we all know people that have great record sales, and they're unhappy, or they're you know five great movies in a row, but they're on. They're still going back, being unhappy with stuff. I mean, it's not necessarily like popularity or success. You know, we wouldn't have mm -hmm. all these behind the music stories that we have. Well, that's yeah, that's the question: is how do you define success? Someone asked me, "How do you be a successful musician?" I say, "Well, do you play music?" And they say, "Yeah." I say, "Do you like?" It? And they say, "Yeah." I said, "You're a successful musician." Now you're talking about being a successful businessman or someone who sells a lot of records. Those are all different things, and you have to be very clear about those goals in order to do it. I want to live a life that I enjoy. That's my main my main goal, and to do the best and push myself in unusual places. And I think you can see basically the results of that state of mind. But someone else, they maybe were meant to like make their main goal to sell the largest number of records. And if that's your goal, then you're not going to care about the same things that maybe I would. But I have just as much respect because everybody has their story. You know, everybody mm -hmm. has their own path of what they're meant to do. And I, I can't do what someone else is meant to do, and they can't do what I'm meant to do. And as long as I have that respect and we can encourage each other to, to – it's the golden rule. Give, give each other freedom and space to do your thing. Uh, that also helps take the pressure off. Because I don't have to judge other people because they're doing something different than me. So are you looking ahead? Do you say to yourself, here's where I want to be in five years or ten years? Or Yeah, a bit. You do? A bit. Well, it's it almost feels like a memory. when you, There's those moments of clarity where I had one happen uh, right before my first album came out. Where I was back in Michigan uh, where I grew up in Ann Arbor. And I was visiting my parents. And I went into this gas station, the convenience store part. And I was getting a uh, soda out of the refrigerator and all of a sudden like like a vision this sense of what was going to happen came 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 down to me and i won't explain it because it's so personal it wouldn't mm -hmm. necessarily make sense but it felt like a memory even though it was about the future it felt so familiar so clear so obvious that it seemed like something that had already happened and the wild part now is i can look back 12 years later and say like this is exactly what happened but that's what they say that what you think about you become what you conceive yourself to be you will be and mm -hmm. that's this one of the oldest uh the oldest sayings about human nature but i've really seen it play out and, and and rock musicians or performers entertainers they get to play that out on a stage the idea of transformation the idea of doing what you want following your dream that's why it's so inspiring and i just want to uh to do that for myself and and hopefully entertain people in the process. And it is true. I mean, if you're giving yourself over to whatever this mysterious creativity is, mm, right? Yeah. You can't then sit around with a notebook and try to figure it out. I mean, you're either going to give yourself over 
or you're not. Yeah, it's definitely a balancing act, and there's times when you don't know where it's headed, and it, it can be really scary. But, again, if you're enjoying it, you just trust your gut. When You can tell when you feel good. Mm-hmm. You can tell when you're doing something that you like because you don't have to – it doesn't take that – I used to wake up and go to jobs I didn't like, and I felt sick. I felt nauseous like I was going to puke because I hated going into this job, and it wasn't what I wanted to do. So now it doesn't it doesn't make me sick to record for 12 hours straight or, or to fly around on these crazy set schedules and, and do things because I'm doing it for me, and it's, it's fulfilling. It's what I want to do. I have meaning. If you can find meaning in what you do, then all that motivation comes very easily. And the meaning for you uh, continues to be just connection. All the time. That's the main thing for you, connecting on. Yeah. Well, I like that feeling. I like to re to relate that 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 when someone hears the song of mine and it makes them feel good, that that's not a fluke. Yeah. And that's what I wanted for them, and that's what I wanted for myself. And that when I hear that in in someone's song or get that from somebody, even if it's a performer, you want to feel like there's an understanding, even if you never get a chance to talk about it with that person or it doesn't ever confirm itself. You have this sense that something is going on here, and they made it happen, and it was intentional. Uh, yeah, and I want to do that. That's how I want to entertain people. Andrew W.K., uh, the brand-new album is 55 Cadillac. You recorded this in just a couple of hours? Yes, for better or worse. <laughs> for better or for worse. Uh, it's on Amazon.com. It's on iTunes. And then you can also go check out andrewwk.com. Thank you. And you're the type of guy, if people are emailing you and stuff, you'll respond when you can. I do my I, best. Absolutely. Yeah. It's important to me because that's just part of what this is. That's what Andrew WK is about. Thanks so much for stopping oh, by, man. Th- thank you. This is a real pleasure. Thank you. Uh, we'll go out with uh, some of the 55 uh, Cadillac, the brand new album. Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Oh, that was Andrew WK that was uh, just uh, in with us for a bit. Nice kid on uh, some different stuff. If you want to drop him a line, you can go over to 202 Friends Twitter. We've got a a link on there to his page, Uh, 202 Friends Twitter. And you drop a line and uh, let him know how you uh, what he did on today's broadcast. All right, Ron and Fez show tonight. Brett Favre is doing Monday Night Football. If he wins tonight, he will be the only quarterback in history to beat every single NFL team. That seems like Hall of Fame right there. No matter what numbers you even had. Yes, it does <laughs> seem. I think you're on to something, Fezzy. Mm-hmm. It does seem like this Brett Favre is going to end up in the Hall of Fame. I just, I've got an inkling. What I love about this record is no one can beat it. When you're the first at something, then the next person just ties you. 
they can't beat your record. It's surprising this hasn't happened before, though, huh, Dave? Yeah, I would have thought that some quarterback, I mean, you know, uh, Namath or even Joe Montana, I would have thought Montana would have had done this. How about just back before the guys, before we had so many teams? Right, yeah, you know, that's you true. You would have thought, Tittle. Yeah, some kind oh, of I've been them all. What can I do? <laughs> that's why Brett Favre will always be against expansion now. Well, yeah, you know, and the key is with his uh, That's the true. Packers. If there is expansion, somebody will be able to say, I beat more teams than Brett Favre ever did. Yeah. But they're going to have to play until they're 45 years old. <laughs> and come out of retirement six times as opposed to three. Look. A lot of guys come out of retirement. For him, it's worked. Really? Uh, yeah. He's making $15 million. <laughs> we don't have any other way. To measure things in this country other than, uh, hey, you see how much money that guy's making? <laughs> Until we get to sports. This is the only time that we ever call multimillionaires losers. But quite frankly, Jeff George, let's say a, a loser like Jeff George, <laughs> has had more success financially than about 98% of Americans. Right, well. And he did it in a couple years rather than a lifetime. If you make a sports league, you're basically a freak. I mean, you you might as well have you know, be a chick with a beard on your face because being a, a professional athlete and in, in one of the four big sports leagues is, it's ridiculously low. It's probably point zero 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 something. I mean, it just doesn't happen. The thing with Favre is though, this uh, tonight's game's in Minnesota. So, you know, he'll get the big ovation everything like that. But I can't wait till uh, the Packers play. I mean, the, the Vikings play at the Packers. That will be something else. That will be the thing that matters? That will be the real deal. That will be the test. Can he beat them in Lambeau? And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a pretty decent little quarterback. I mean, he, can't, he gets... Scruffy has fucking uh, got all of his eggs in that basket tonight. Scruffy is up in our fantasy league. Against the raging Franklin. And Scruffy, you weren't with me uh, last week with the anti-Franklin talk, but uh, you should have been. Yeah, I should have really jumped on the bandwagon. Didn't realize I was playing Franklin until Sunday morning. So That's the problem with some of the people in this league. They just don't they pay just, attention. They just don't care. I mean, I, I, I look at my matchups every week, you know. Uh, it is October. and I, oh, Go ahead. What it was it, Hicks? Earl still didn't swap out but some bye week players. Let him go. Let him go. <laughs> If he took two G's from Fez, and we're never going to see him again. That was <laughs> haven't a, heard from him so long. Been good to know you. Uh, bring that up after Earl plays you, not <laughs> <Wait>. before. <laughs> not 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 wisest. Um. Uh, by the way, the own four is trying to tell us what's wise and what's not. But yeah, that, well, my point is, I'm not going to okay, help Titans. anyone. We expected the most out of you, Titans. Don't worry, um, I'll get there. It is the October month. Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, this means adult costume parties. Here's my initial question. When's the earliest you can get dressed up as Halloween? Because I'm seeing the costumes out there now, and I think it's far too early. Uh, Dave? I think you can get into Halloween at uh, December 11th. Uh, excuse me, excuse me, October 11th. I think 20 days, you know, it's three weeks. It's a I big was going with you up. December and trying to figure it out. <laughs> Hicks, what about feel? First week, people can start fucking doing these stupid. First week of parties. October. First week, yeah. Yeah. So it's now a uh, holiday month. Yeah, it's taken over, hmm. and that's, if, the, that's the way it is with every other holiday. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. It's too much holiday. 
Last last week of October. That's all you get. That should be it. That would include any sort of office Halloween party uh, that, that's before the actual Halloween. Here's another uh, thing that I think. You should only get dressed up once a year. You don't get six different things. Oh, I got dressed up for this party. I got dressed up for my office party. I got dressed up. You know what? Okay. You can get dressed for work if you want to one day. I won't be. And I'll fucking won't even look at the people here who do it. What if you are using the same costume? Could you then you go? I think that's the tackiest thing ever. I think same costume (laughs) is the tackiest fucking thing you could do. It's like if you wore a tux twice when you feel like a scumbag then. (laughs) You've lost the specialness of this. I like Halloween. I just think you you have to get We're going to have right this year. Everyone is going to be John and Mackenzie Phillips. Every fucking couple, it's going to be John Phillips with the fur hat on and his daughter, and they're going to make out, and this is how we do it in our family. And it's not fucking funny. I think we're going to see some uh, dead Michael Jacksons out there. I think that's already a little too old, but then that Michael Jackson movie's coming out soon. Mm-hmm. So, like Thriller Michael Jackson? Right. All right, that's a possibility. I'm going to look out for that, Fez. Usually you get some movie people, so maybe, I don't know, someone from Inglorious Bastards. What I yeah. might do is have you dress up like a movie. I'll have you dress up like Lily, a successful movie actress. Oh, I'm not going to be dressing in drag. Thank you. Um, I, I think you have to get through Columbus Day until it gets to Halloween, so that's why I would disagree with Pepper. I, I got a, a, a weird email here from Morris. It says the Studio 11 door closer is broken. I've never even known there was such a thing as a door closer. Uh, Facilities is ordering another unit. In the interim, we need to close the door gently behind us when entering or existing the studio. So apparently here at Sirius, sometimes we exist the studio. (laughs) Wow. How deep of heavy. Mars. That's that is. fucking heavy. How, we don't occupy it. How Nietzsche of him. We don't reside in it. We exist it. One dress up per year, folks. No. I love Halloween. It's so much fun. Uh, Ted, Ted, you're on Run Fest Show. Yeah, down here in North Carolina, they don't, uh, in the schools, they won't have, uh, Halloween posted. They have a, a harvest uh, festival. They, they, harvest they, they festival. think it's of the devil. Well, it is. When people act like, oh, come on. It's not, it is. It's not a bad thing. Sometimes you give in to evil, and this is the one holiday for it. But it's also false to act. You know, you can say it's just good fun, but it is about the devil and monsters and evil things. I don't even appreciate anyone who gets dressed up like a ballerina for Halloween. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. That's fucking not Halloween. So you're saying that you should try to be scary? Yeah, be scary. And it is about the devil and dark spirits and monsters. It's become all about whorishness, though. It'll be a ballerina, but it'll be a whorish-looking ballerina. Well, there's these uh, things now. Uh, I say it while walking in here. One of the stores sells it. And they say they're superhero suits. But it's just a mini skirt with a plunging neckline that has a couple Spider-Man things on it. <laughs> and the next one is like a Green Lantern. It, yeah. it is just about whores. I thought I saw some camel toe on one of those fucking ads. But, it is, but you know, that that is like part of the pagan thing of it is, yes, it is. There's a sexuality to it. 
you're fucking a stranger in a mask. Yes, yeah. you can do a dead zombie ballerina. Absolutely. Good. Then I'm in. Uh, but once a year. No. I love Halloween. There are people like me who Halloween is maybe their favorite. Yes, but guess what? You have two children now. Dress them up. Oh, they're going to be dressed up. Every time I get dressed up, I'm going to dress up them up, too. No, don't do that. You take them around from house to house and make this about their life. Jack in Maine. Hey, is it too early for me to dress up as uh, Fat Baby Hitler? No, I think... uh, It was Big Baby Hitler, by the way. Big. I don't remember that. I remember Fat Baby Hitler. (laughs) As being taller than a normal baby. Nope. And I wanted to call it Fat Harry, baby Hitler. <laughs> All right, you're going to shave up today and put your uh, your new thing on? What are you doing exactly? This is my whole new look, Ronnie. I'm going to shave the head down, and then what I've gotten is, I guess what you would call a bad toupee, a bad men's wig here. It's a bad color. It's a bad cut. And just to see, just really make it a whole new look for myself. I think it's going to have that classic 70s look, like a Charles Nelson Riley okay. or, or a Burt Reynolds. All right, so we'll try to get that up today on uh, 202 Friends Twitter. Uh, by the way, you can go there if you like to um, and uh, send something nice to Andrew WK for being on the show. Um, no, I, when a parent dresses up to take the kids trick-or-treating, I find it be creepy. It's supposed to be for the kids. It's a children's holiday. I want some candy, too. You know. No, I don't give out candy to adults. Because <laughs> it's fucking stupid. <laughs> That's a tradition. No, it's a tradition to give it to fucking children. You may want to extend your childhood no, you said forever, gonna... but uh, I'm not going to fucking hand you fucking candy for it. Well, if I'm pushing my kids, I mean, I deserve like a little like spicy Snickers. There's no Snickers. such thing as deserve. There's no fucking deserve. And you know I'm going to fucking feel this way. You know that I, I, I fucking think it's stupid when people extend their childhood so that their children can't have one. Just want like a bite-sized Snickers. It's not if that big of a deal. Go to fucking 7-Eleven and get one. It's a, to me, it's a bad combination because if you're in a costume, you're worrying about what your costume's doing, what you're looking like, what your bag is has in it. You're not watching your kids. Uh, well, why don't they, you get them some kind of help so they can take care of those kids? Maybe if you had, like, a daycare set up. I tried, Ronnie. I tried. Chris mm-hmm. in South Carolina. Hey, Ron. Uh, I figured out what Fez is becoming. What's that? Hey, it's a... Uh... You pay, man. He's becoming a pedophile. Becoming. That's like yeah. the fucking the slowest breaking news in history. I can have children at my door. I believe I don't have to put one of those big pumpkins on the front of it. Uh, Matt, you're on Ron Fez. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, my wife's an elementary school teacher, and because there's like two or three born again kids in her class, in every class, they're not even allowed to celebrate birthdays or Halloween or anything in their class because those parents bitch so much that they have to keep their kids have to keep leaving the classroom anytime something fun happens that now nobody's allowed to do any of that stuff. Well, if you're born again, why can't you have a birthday? I thought that was just Mormons that didn't have birthdays. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's uh, maybe I'm getting it wrong. Maybe they're Mormon kids, but uh, but I don't think they call themselves that though. I think they call themselves born again. But uh, 
my wife had wanted to put up a piece of paper, like a poster that had every kid's birthday on it, and she had to take it down because the born again kids weren't allowed to put their name on that poster. I have the fe- I have the feeling that the the parents that are against Halloween are also against candy too in any form, like all year round. They're just the healthy snack parents. So there's really nothing for them there to begin with. Oh no, I've seen those born again people. They don't look like they're healthy snack parents. <laughs> uh, Andrew, you're in run of Fez. Hey, Ronnie B., how about when the hot young moms dress up like a little hua? You can't be against that. Dress up like that every fucking day if you want, but don't want to hide behind a child's fucking holiday to do it. A little cattail? Come on. Yeah, go ahead and do it if you want to. But why aren't you doing this in fucking July if you want to dress up? Why are you acting like, oh, I'm only doing this for a costume? Um, Here's Mike in Utah. Mike, Herman Fez. Hey, Ron, how's it going? Good. Hey, uh, that last caller is kind of retarded. Mormon kids have birthdays. I just celebrated mine yesterday. It's Jehovah's Witnesses that don't have birthdays. Yeah, that's probably what he's thinking of, Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, but they don't Mormon have birthdays, kids. right? But then check their fucking driver's license. I guarantee you <laughs> there's a fucking birthday on there. I guarantee you they have a fucking birthday. It means they, the only way they can drive. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Matt Herman fez Hey, Ronnie. Hey, hey, Dave, you got two kids with two bags full of candy, and unless you're a uh, horrible parent of the year, you're not giving those kids candy at that age anyway. So just uh, bask in the glory for a couple of years that you get to get that food. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Are you taking Jules out? Yes, for sure. She did, we, Actually, I already got them, like, two costumes. Or my mom helped mm-hmm. us get two costumes. What about Skipper, your son? No, um, his Stan is his name. Hmm? Stan? My son's name is Stanley. I didn't know that. Yeah. And um, so she's going to be probably like a little pumpkin or something. And I forget. I think he's going to be like a little ghost. Uh, Paul, you're on my Fez. Yeah, I always find it annoying, though, when people uh, come up to the door and they have the infant in their arms and they're asking for candy. When you know the infant can't eat the candy, it's all about the parents. That's what I'm going to do. I give an apple razor blade. <laughs> Every fucking kid's getting an apple razor blade this year. You can still push the carriage. I mean, that's what I'm going to do. You know, we have we have a double stroller. Oh, you like that? Those pictures. All you got to do is take the pictures, and that's the end of it. You're not going to have them out that long. Uh, Tony, you're on Fez. Hey, what's up, fellas? Say, uh, you know, I'm born again here, and we, we never really did the the birthday celebrations at my house. Uh, but the real son of a bitch is I got two birthdays now: my original birthday and then my born again. I was thinking if I get born again, maybe I'll have three birthdays, and they'll let me celebrate the third one. Um, now, when you're born again, you get a new birthday? That's what I figured. I mean, uh, it is being born again, a birthday, right? Yeah, but do you celebrate that like you're born again? Well, I mean, uh, I do hop out of a vagina just to try and make it, you Uh, know, real. You know, there's something that fucking doesn't go together. Born again and comedy. (laughs) Just fucking answer a question instead of going, here's my opportunity to show these guys. Even a born again guy's one of them. If he does get presents, I bet it's a lot of Bibles. Dan in New York. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Fezzy. How you doing? Good. Good. So listen, um, I was actually a pastor's kid, and I was never allowed to celebrate Halloween because my parents thought it was evil. So instead, they took me to church, and they made me celebrate a Noah's Ark party where uh, little kids would get dressed up as little mice and uh, little animals, little critters around, and... I got sent to that every year. Here's what the only, now I totally get religious people not wanting to play Halloween 
because it is a, you know, a pagan holiday celebrating the death and dark spirits. As a matter of fact, I don't see how you can say I'm a Christian and I celebrate the dark spirits. If you do that, you're not much of a Christian. You know, you're just fucking walking the motion. But then I also hate that you're going to have another holiday on that day. Have your Noah's Ark day any fucking day you want. But to put it up against Halloween, it makes you already think, you know what? Being a Christian isn't good enough for these kids. We got to give them a little something extra. We did all the same shit that uh, that every other Halloween celebrate uh, celebrating person would do. We would go around to the stables and collect the candy corn and go around and do the bobbing for apples, and it was just it was just a piss poor time. And yeah, it's never going to compete. There's nothing they could come up with that's going to make a kid feel better about missing the actual Halloween. Then you have not paid any attention at all to your own religion, because Christmas was a pagan holiday. Mm. Easter was a pagan holiday, and all they did was adapt to it. There is no, and you got to remember, these people have forever. They have as long as they want. It could take hundreds of years, and they're fine with it, because that's what they did, turning Christmas mm. into one. Christmas is the Yule fucking holiday that they just went and added some Jesus stuff to. Ryan, you're on the Ronnie Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, Fez, love you. Dave, don't like you. Um, hmm. With birthdays, Christ. if you're Somalian, it's the same way as the uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses on their licenses. It says January 1st, whatever now, year they're When born. you're a Somalian, does that mean you turn the color of whatever rock you happen to be laying on? Absolutely, absolutely. I don't know what a Somalian is exactly. What is it? Uh, it's a culture from Africa. Ah, well, of course and they we... don't have to even have a driver's license. They don't know what day they were born. They, don't, they haven't invented the calendar yet. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, Steve, in Kansas, you're on a fez. Hey, uh, Halloween is actually the eve of All Souls Day, which is a Catholic holiday. Right. The Catholic holiday is the day after. That's All right. Saints Day, as we used to call it. Yeah. You go with All Souls Day. And there used to be a thing where make sure all your Halloween stuff is down by midnight. You weren't allowed to keep the party going past midnight. Uh, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, but anyway, it is that time of the year. Beautiful weather, by the way, today. Just extremely perfect weather here on the uh, on the East Coast. Cannot beat it. I, I want to play a little game with you guys uh, called What's Gayer? And everybody could... Get one of theirs in the mind. I'll, I'll get us started off, though. What's gayer? Because I actually had this conversation uh, over the weekend with a couple of women. Do you find it gayer for a guy to be getting a, a hand job from a woman, but he's fantasizing about a man while he's getting? Is that gayer than a woman, uh, than a man giving him a hand job? And he's fantasizing about a woman. So in one, he's getting mm -hmm. jerked off by a woman, mm -hmm. thinking about a man. The other one, he's getting jerked off by a man, thinking about a woman. Fez. I would say what is gayer is being jerked off by a man. Thinking of, no, being jerked off by a woman, thinking about a man is gayer. All right. Um, I'll just tell you, the women agreed with Fez. I mean, I'm sorry, the women agreed with Dave. Right. Uh 
Why do you say that, Fizz? It's actual man-on-man action happening. So that's what makes something gay. I, I think in these circumstances, yeah, it's you don't mind a guy yeah, jerking you off. So it's the thought that makes you what you are. So a guy being masturbated by another guy, but thinking about a, a woman is not gay, but a woman... I'm fucking confused which side you're on. You're saying it's the action. Yeah, I said it's the action. The guy jerking off the guy while he's thinking about a woman. So the physical action is what makes someone gay. Yeah, I think it's that. Mm. So there's no way that you could be gay without having sex. Interesting. Um, And shocking comes from you. I've always thought it's the thought. Then the reason why is, as I said, you know, I've had, um, I've touched dicks when I was a child and stuff, but I'm not a gay person. And when you touch dicks, were you thinking about vagina? Uh, I think I was thinking about girls, yeah. And the thing is, it's your thoughts because that's your desire. Mm-hmm. You're you're fucking thinking about dudes. You're gay. Sorry. So even though you're with a woman. Doesn't matter. You were thinking of of fucking another guy while she's jerking you off. You're gay. But a guy's jerking you off and you're fantasizing about a woman. You're not gay. You just really, really badly need to get your rocks off. But you're enjoying the pleasure of a man's hand on you. But you're not enjoying the pleasure of the man because you're thinking of a woman. It's where your mind is going. I got to agree with Dave on one thing. It's very rare... That you're not, I, I, I don't even know, like, you, you, your way of saying it is that your cock can be milked like a cow. It's fucking tit. And I say there does have to be mental stimulation for a person to ejaculate. Yeah. True or false? True. Yeah. Mental it's stimulation. Like you can just feel someone rough. At the very no. least, you'd have to think, well, that remind, that feels like, you know, that feels good, blah, blah, blah. You still have to focus on it mentally. Right, so I will give Dave that much. But it's hard for me not to agree with Fez when the point is you're with another man. How is that not gay? Well, because that's you just had to do it. You had to have that orgasm. So the man was around. But you were thinking of a broad? You're straight. Hmm. Uh, of course. Uh, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Brent in Ohio. Yeah, uh, it's not about what you're doing or who you're doing it with. It's about what you're thinking about. Uh, we used to, I used to be a bartender, worked with a guy who was a bartender, full-blown gay. Everyone knew he was gay except for the girl waitresses. And he slept with all of them. Well, all the stories came out how he'd only, you know, fuck him in the ass. Like, yeah, we just thought he liked doing that. But really, we talked to him, and he's like, well, hell yes, I'm gay. I don't care if it's a woman. I just wanted to, you know, fuck someone in the ass. He liked it. So his point, though, why he was hammering them in the ass, he was thinking about man ass. (laughs) Yeah. He's picturing a guy ass. (laughs) So your way, Fez, you'll be saying, no, that's not gay. This guy is saying, no, he was still gay even doing that, siding with Dave on this. And I believe that to be the case. He said he was a gay man. Right. Um, here is Jim. Jim, you're on Fest. Hey, buddy. Hey, uh, happy Out Your Friends Monday, first of all. Thank you. Um, I have a couple of gay friends, and I'm not gay myself, but they try to convince me to have things done with them. But uh, they say they're, in their defense that a hand has no gender. I find that completely false. 
Uh, well, yeah, because it's who it's fucking attached to. So yeah. No, I mean, if the if the if it was a pitch black room, and you were getting jerked off, you know, uh, by a man who you you might not know. You, you you might not know it was a man's hand. Well, there's a possibility that you could use a glory hole. You could put your right. fucking dick in a glory hole mm-hmm. and have it fucking jacked in. Exactly. A man hand could probably do it equally as well as a woman's right. fucking hand. And if you're thinking but about you, you would have to fantasize about it being a woman right. for a normal straight guy to get off. Yes. So again, so so the glory hole thing is you you would need to be thinking. Because he's working his side hard, you're uh-huh. on the fucking ropes here. Well, but I mean, but it's a man's hand. It's a man who's giving you the pleasure. You don't know that, though. It's a mystery. So it's only what's in your head. And you're thinking of a chick. You're straight. If you were thinking of a man and that glory hole had a chick's hand, you're gay. But let, let's take this. In the case that we came up with, a man is masturbating you. You know it's a man masturbating you. You close your eyes and imagine that it's a woman. It's fine. You still don't see that as a gay act? No, I would. I, I mean, if I was allowed to, and my wife was cool with it, and I think I could pull it off, I'd let Chris Stanley jerk me <coughs> off. If I'd, I'd let him do it to, tomorrow, if we she was cool with to, it, we might have to fucking. Uh, and I think that would be gay. No, if I'm thinking about it broad, because I'm telling you, I'm not thinking about Chris Stanley while he's jerking me off. I I'm never okay, at though. any point thinking that Chris Stanley has his hand on my dick. All right, shower bet. Well, no. I don't think you would be. Shower Bench is called in to rescue Fez. Okay. Shower Bench is always there for you? Always. 100%. Shower Bench says, thinking about a man, mm-hmm. much more gay. Men in prison who aren't gay will let a man blow them, but it doesn't make them gay. They still prefer women. Uh, Men just have to get that release. That is my thing. All right. What about... Uh, so... Never thought I saw this day. Shower bench turns on you. Yeah. What about this? You have that effeminate guy. He's with his wife. He's got his two kids. But he thinks about other men, looks at pictures of other men, but, you know, he's had children with his wife. He's never been with a man. Is he gay or straight? I think he's also gay. So everybody's gay. So you're Dave's saying that's the fucking point. That's yeah. that's Dave's fucking that point. That would be my thing. That yeah. Because he's thinking about those men. I don't care if he has ten kids. Um, he's yeah. gay. That's my thing. Um, eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Here's Rob. Rob, you're on Ron Fez. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah Fezzi's mistaken. It's, it's it's about your desire. You know, men in prison and stuff, that when they're getting blown, they're not thinking about the guy blowing blowing them. They're thinking about their life outside of prison with, like, a hot blonde with big tits blowing but them. They're and going, they're just thinking it's just the feeling that they're taking from it, you they're, know? They're going to the step of having another guy blow them. Only because they don't have another choice. They, the second they, that they live pri- leave prison. So the, the point is this. Not only do those guys, they don't like gays. Those guys in fucking prison are like fucking rough on gay guys. <laughs> right. But there are, um, there are other choices not to have it done at all. Yeah, for most people, that isn't a choice. <laughs> the celibacy is never a choice. Yes, I'm ready to guess it. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, here is Jeff in Tennessee. You're on my fez. Uh, yeah, I think the uh, mental aspect of stimulus is more powerful than the physical because we most all of us have had wet dreams 
and that's 100 percent male. There's no physicality involved. Um, I will agree that sexually, mental stimulation is more powerful. And he brought up a good point. Whereas dreams, I mean, if I was dreaming about, fu- I've never, ever fucked about dreams. F- uh, dreamt, dreamt about fucking another dude. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, but if I did, pencil me in as Mister David Gay. You can pencil me in, because that's what you want. Um, I don't know who it was. Tell me who the Twitter was. Uh, here is um, here's Paul. Paul, you're on Fez. Hey guys, I can't believe I agree with Fez, but Dave, say if you're uh, you know banging your wife and you're fantasizing that you're raping her, does that make you a rapist? No. Yeah, to a certain extent, it does. No, of course it doesn't, because you're not raping her. You're just fantasizing in your head. So your fantasies are in your head. It's, it's physically what you do. But, but let's also, let's keep let's keep going with that. If Dave got raped in the ass, uh, overpowered by a big guy, does that make him gay or that he had a gay act? Right. No. Rape has got to be off the fucking table. And quite frankly, so is prison. Because they don't really fit the rules of our society. (laughs) They have their own separate society that they go by. But let me ask you this. Can you be celibate and and raped and still be celibate? Um, I think so. If you didn't, if you didn't give into it. What do you mean give into it? Give into the rape. If you, if it's against your will. That's what makes it rape. Uh, the second, the, the the not giving into a thing makes it uh, not rape. I think it is you would still keep your celibacy because you, you, you never chose to have sex. All right, here's right. one for you. And this was sent to us on 202 Friends. Um, if you have sex with your partner, but you're thinking about someone else, is that cheating? Uh Yeah. That would be cheating. You'll never think of anybody but your lovely. Uh, I'm not saying that I haven't, uh, you know, been in uh, fid- uh, committed infidelity in my head. Who are you, Jimmy Carter? <laughs> I think the person of the opposite sex would have more than enough reason to be pissed. If I found out that my wife was thinking about another person, I would, I would, I would be fucking furious. I'm getting mad thinking about it right now. But she never left your house. She never met a guy. Nothing. It would uh, it's a anger really, me to uh, no end. Are you kidding? That's not even close. And I think most people would agree with me. Now, I, I'm not, I, I'll admit to sometimes I've, another chick has popped in. But what I do is I force my mind to be like my chick is making out with that broad and shit like that. So what if your chick, while she was fucking, was thinking about you making out with Derek Jeter? <laughs> I mean, um, well, well, she's got her fucking, well, she's riding Jesus' cock. I'd be, like a see, champ. when you say that. Like a champ. Yeah, that's what would get me upset. <laughs> like it wasn't the first. But at least I was included in the picture. Um, so you'd be happy. I wouldn't be exactly ecstatic that she was riding the captain's cock, no. Well, you're meeting your hero. But at least I'm there. At least I'm in the image. Well, what if she was with a rock star thinking about, well, what is about thinking about you and a rock star? Again, I've I actually depend would, on the star. No, I, I I wouldn't get mad because I'm 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 in there. But if it was just a, a, her and a rock star, yeah, that would be because I. Well, it never, sounds like you'd be okay with her now and you and another guy. You sound like you're into the double <laughs> down menage. I'm not into it at all. Yeah. I'm saying I better be in your fancy. Uh, Kevin in Florida. 
Whoops, let me try again, Kevin, because I like your point of view. Kevin, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Hey, what's up, Ron? And uh, what's guys? Um, my theory, I, I'm gay, and I, I go by the Kansas scale from like zero to, you know, six, whatever. Zero being completely heterosexual and six being, uh, you know, completely homosexual. I'm like a 5.9. Trust me, I've had girlfriends. I can't, I can't fuck them. I can't. I, anyway, but going to my belief and my experiences, I was in a fraternity and all this other stuff. Um, and I fooled around with straight guys and I fooled around with gay guys. And what it comes down to in my theory is who you have feelings for. That makes you, like, say, if, I, if, if I'm blowing a guy or a guy's blowing me, if he has feelings for me, he's gay. But if we're just doing it because it's the act, then there's, there's, that's just, that's, that's not gay. That's just, uh, Nature. I don't know what you would call it. Nature. Yeah, what would be the name for it then? Um... Bonding. <laughs> no bonding. How about that? No, I I feel like it's nature. I feel, think that sometimes guys just need to fucking jizz. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the point. Yeah, so you're almost nature. taking it as like uh, masturbation unless there's feelings. I'm sorry? You're just thinking of it as like double masturbation unless there are feelings. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, my experience is like I, I've, I've pulled around with straight guys and I... I I don't believe in bisexuality, like, and I, I just think it's just, you know, that that particular those particular people just wanted to get off, and it was it was, you know, I don't know what was going on in their head, but I don't think they're gay at all. I just think they just wanted to get off. Uh, uh, it's an interesting point of view. I mean, for me, the both these things are gay. It's just a matter of if you want to play gay, I'm more gay. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think I would have sided with Fez, uh, and I think I was siding with Fez until this conversation started. Now it's got me pondering. I just think if you're with another man, no matter what you're thinking about, you're gay. Where I don't know if you're necessarily gay if it's just a fantasy. I don't think that would be construed as gay. Uh, I mean, on the physical side, the man's touch is... Arousing something? No, no it's not. It's, no, it's, it's what's going in that guy's head. Again, I think if I was allowed to, I could achieve erection with Pepper's hand. If I was thinking about a hot enough chick. Well, in here's the deal. There are beautiful fucking women, right, who have a terrible fucking touch. Yeah, they fuck terribly, like fucking dead fish. But they're gorgeous, and you're like. That I've got to think about something else. You know what I mean? And I'm not even making that up. You might be fucking, um, you might have to fucking think about somebody who looks worse than them, but as far more sexual. So I don't think sex, the, the physical thing isn't enough. It's just not enough. Um, just in the same way as that you could fucking st- sit there, get an erection. Without being touched. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay, Jay Armanifes. Hey, Ronnie, what's up? Yeah. As usual, I, I, Dave, you, you're retarded, I gotta say, because I was actually in prison for two years and I was locked up. That guys that were locked up for a very long time, and they can go all those years without having any guy touch them. The guys that are in prison have get, get blowjobs from other guys, they're fags. They come in a little like uh, Butch Gase. So that would mean that we probably have more gays in prison than anyone else. 
I never knew gays were the, this bad of uh, being uh, troublemakers. Apparently they are. No, I mean, well, just because that guy's not a sexual person doesn't mean other guys. I'm, I'm guarantee you there's convicts who need that. Don in Michigan, you're on manifest. Yeah, I was going to say that deal that Dave was talking about, about like his wife thinking about another guy. If it was somebody like in a magazine or something, who would care? But if you found out it was like an ex-boyfriend or somebody you knew she was thinking about. What about you? Have you ever let your mind wander? Um, maybe, to an ex. Yeah, so it's always really interesting the way people are ready to live, to to put rules out there that they can't live by themselves. <laughs> Quite frankly, mentally, if you expand the world that the woman can live in sexually, right? Mm -hmm. If you can make that as big as possible, there will be less of reason to be bored and leave you. Mm. There is a fucking strength to have. To make that the most exciting place that you can. Not by shoving stuff out of the fucking equation. Not by saying, that stuff you get somewhere else, honey. Not here. <laughs> There's a way not to be paranoid and thinking to you. Because then any woman who leaves you would be bat fit, shit fucking crazy. Or not very imaginative. Yeah, and go back to the losers. Go back to the selfish losers. Right. Go bitch. back to him, bitch. Who are you calling bitch now, you wife? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting carried away. I'm getting a combination of angry and I've been a little bit aroused during this whole conversation. Oh, well, sure, because the word <laughs> penis came up. And why would you? <laughs> and you got a chance to talk. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, here is John in South Carolina. Hey, what's up, Ronnie? Hey, uh, my boss is uh, gay, and, and we were talking. He told me when he was a kid, before he came out, he would jack off and he would think about girls, but right when he was about to come, he would start thinking about dudes to get off. He needed that to actually have his orgasm. Yeah, to get over the top. But he would think about girls to kind of, like, make himself feel normal or less, you know, different than, than his his buddies. Uh, Phil, Phil, you're on Fez. Hey, Ronnie B, I got a two-part question. I'd like to get Dave's take on. Okay. If you're if you're a heterosexual male and you're getting and you get ass raped by another guy, but halfway through the rape you start to enjoy it, a is it still rape? And b are you gay? Well, if you start to enjoy it, it means you were thinking about it being pleasurable. So because you were thinking about it pleasurable, then you're gay. Period. But you're not going to enjoy fuck getting fucking raped in the ass um, if that's not what you're into. I mean, I'm, if, if some guy came in here and started raping me in the ass, I'm not going to. Why do you look like you have doubt in your eyes? No. Why I... do you, you look like you're filled with doubt? <laughs> Is this guy Jeter again? You know what? And you get this for dressing up for Halloween. You deserve being raped in the ass. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. <laughs> Eight six six Ron Zero Fez, uh, Jill. Jill, you're on Ron Fez. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was just uh, wondering about Seinfeld uh, when George Costanza got massaged by another man and it moved. Does that make him gay? Well, if I was George's friend on that show, I would have said that George was gay the whole fucking time. But what if he was thinking about a woman, though? See, I think if David lets another man, one of you guys, touch his dick, he's gay. No, not if I'm thinking about another chick. If George was thinking about the man touching him, then George was gay. If he was thinking about a woman, 
then he was not gay. So you would be okay with a man touching you as long as you could think about a woman? Yeah, I'd be fine with it. We'll do the experiment. I'll get a gay guy come in here and see if he can't fucking masturbate I, you to completion. I, I would sign and up then, for it tomorrow, but my wife might have a problem. And if that happens, then for the first time ever, I will say Dave McDonald was the smartest man in the room today. <laughs> and you will get the beanie cup. Wow. All right, well, I have to clarify my wife first. That's gay. <laughs> what you were, you know, that is a statement, Mr. What's the man essentials? Yeah, what's going that, on? Football. I've never fucking made that statement in my life. No, because, I mean, that's a different thing. It's That's an actual sexual, you know, I would be doing something sexual on the side. I think, you know, if... We would both need each other's permission. She would need my permission if you said, hey, if if she was going to get uh, jerked off by a chick. Well, let's put a both up. I will ask that as well. <laughs> and I will be willing to call her smartest person in the room and give her the beanie cup. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll communicate with that tonight when I get home. And then Fez will also buy you um, schooling for your children, whatever that was. <laughs> Um, Andy, you're on run uh, RB, if I could give myself head and to climax, is that considered gay? If if I don't know if I'm climaxing for the sensation of the cock in my mouth or the sensation of my lips on my cock. Even the question is gay, Andy. <laughs> so just uh, run. Here's what I love right now. If I was gay, I'd be pissed off about this. How the fucking breast uh, people have stole pink from you. <laughs> Remember when pink used yeah. to belong to gay people? Oh, right. uh, yeah. Gone. Right now it means breast cancer. Totally out. All the games yesterday. By the way, those games were gay. <laughs> I didn't pink like it. Pink shoes and a fucking pink thing on your fucking thing. Yeah. It's gay. Especially the quarterback. And the guy, apparently, and the breast cancer people are a little bit ticked off about it because they think that companies now are just coming up with pink products for the month of October and not even putting in the, their, their fucking earnings for it. Guess what? You don't fucking own pink. <laughs> well, no, but they're saying what, what a product that yeah, ordinary Yeah, but Bono tries to own fucking red for the Africans. You don't get to own colors, motherfuckers. They belong to the universe. All right. Well, what if it's like a cupcake, okay? And it's and like, also you don't own a rainbow, gay people. It's one in all the colors. What if Entenmann's has a cupcake, and then only in October they put a pink one out, and they say, "Well, this is going to breast cancer," but then you know they don't. Well, if they say this is going to breast cancer, they're wrong. But if they put out a pink cupcake, that's up to them. All right. What if they don't say it's going to breast cancer, but they're putting up a pink cupcake coincidentally in October, the breast cancer month? Yes. Breast cancer has to admit to themselves, we started something we can't control. We tried to own a color. We cannot. See, if, like, Kleenex puts out a box of Kleenex that's in pink, and they're not giving anything to Breast Cancer Month, but they're still putting the ribbon on there and saying breast cancer awareness. That would be wrong. That would be wrong. Mm -hmm. They have no right to do that. If 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 you're tricking people mm -hmm. and just taking a fucking brand, we're already covered on that. But you can't fucking cover. You can't take a color for yourself. But even if you, that's not you, your ordinary color. Why not? Well, you I don't mean, get to fucking own every color. So eleven months of the year, you have a product, and then one month you put out pink. That's that's, First that's of all, trickery. Name me one fucking one company that's doing that. 
Uh, there's an influx of it, according to this thing that I read. Well, give me well, one I specific. The cupcakes. The, the, the cupcakes. Entenmann's is putting out pink cupcakes. I'm not sure if it's Entenmann's. Then that's fucking wrong for you to say so. But, but I'm You've saying... You've uh, fucking attacked their brand. I'm not saying Entenmann's, but there's a, there is some sort of snack you, cake uh, Get company. this fucking true. What do they pay to own the color pink? They don't fucking own it. It's not theirs. Can't this company resist uh, putting out a pink uh, thing until November or December? I mean, guess what? You put out the word to say we have nothing to do with this company. I'm sure it is an Entenmann's. I'm sure no fucking major company is trying to fucking trick people. At the same time, I didn't give you pink. I didn't give red to the fucking African kids. You fucking can't tell me what fucking colors I can wear. That somehow I owe you more money. Because I got fucking some color on? It's ridiculous. All right, you know what? I want blue. Give fucking blue to Ronnie <laughs> oh, that's Bacon. That's a good color. Shit. That, that's going to wipe out 70% of my shirts if you want blue. Give me a buck every time you put on I blue. I would also... Well, the only thing I have that's against the cancer people is pink is a little too nice of a color for, like, a, a cancer. Like, I would have chosen a just a, a worse color. What's worse? No, just like something that's kind of like like cancer. Is, well, give me a color that you would is ugly. Is a, bad color. Um, a combination of like a a uh, a brown and a purple to represent cancer would be more fitting than the cute pink cuddly color. I think that's bad. It's just a stupid choice of colors. Well, then you're gonna have to call them up because it's got nothing to do with me, and they don't own colors. And by the way, uh, now. How does the National Football League stop this? Why doesn't every week? Don't we have other charities? Why right. just this one? What about fucking, you know, kids with fucking brain tumors? What about fucking, yeah. you know, retarded Whatever it happens to be. There's plenty of things out there. Are now you supposed to turn them on to everything? And again, can I watch a game without thinking about breast cancer? <laughs> Enough with no. the fucking cancer. I can't even get through the fucking game. Without seeing the guy with missing his nose. It doesn't fit. I just want to watch a fucking game. Right. I'm not pro cancer. You don't have to fucking suddenly make me fucking think about it constantly. Just want to watch a game. I got a fantasy team not doing their expectations week after week. I can't be planning this any better. Well, one thing I don't like is that they. Find out who's fucking got Mooch's strings. There's some puppeteer. Somebody knows something. I'm fucking trying. I was asking them all last I'm week. I'm telling you, to everybody on this fucking show, you better come in here with an answer for me tomorrow. Okay. All right. Everybody on this show. I have my guess, but I'll... I'll, I'll write it down. I have a suspicion. I want you to both write yours down. I'm going to be like that, that fucking um, police sergeant or whatever, captain who just screams. I think there's a surprising success in this on that, both sides on that on that those sides, and I think there's an information share. So you think it's another yeah. person in the? I... Oh, everybody's been accused so far as a member of the league. Fezzi's accused too. The other thing I don't like, well, the one thing I don't like about the the thing on the football is. It, they, they all they said last night. Chris Collinsworth just kept saying it's to um, uh, have uh, breast cancer awareness, as uh, if we didn't know that breast cancer. Yeah, I'm existed. aware. I, I don't like it. I am against it a million percent. But the term awareness. Uh, is... We got a break here. 
we're crazy on time today. I don't know what happened. Now you need to read stuff? Yeah. Obviously. Let's bring it all together at the same time. It's uh, HBOimagine.com. It's their newest website, and it's where they take entertainment to the next level. There's a movie available on HBOimagine.com, and what's going to happen is you're going to get pieces of this movie. You're going to see it bits and pieces at a time, but you can also see it from different angles, different perspectives. You can see a scene going on in this movie from all different rooms where it's taking place. This is on HBOimagine.com. And they have a meter where you can tell how much of the film that you've actually watched. And when you're all done, you've probably put it together so that you can solve the mystery and intrigue of this movie they're showing on HBOimagine.com. You can also take that information, share it with your friends, see if you guys can figure out if you know exactly what's going on in this film from watching the different perspectives and the different angles. Because I've seen this film. Uh huh. This is better than The Godfather, Goodfellas, Citizen Kane, Chinatown, all put together. Whoa. I'm watching it online with a little mouse. I got a little mouse in there. <laughs> now, when you get to 100% of seeing everything this, I'm there. this movie has to offer, another video will launch and you'll see exactly if you had it right or not. I had it right. But the video that launched was mm-hmm. totally incorrect. So I beat it and they didn't. Uh, Fez, let's wrap things. We have a lot to do. It's HBOimagine.com. It's more than you imagine. It's HBO. All right, we'll break. I'm right back. Run, Fez. Number three, step forward. Tell me the keys, you cocksucker. In English, please. Excuse me. In English. Tell me the fucking keys, you cocksucker. What the fuck? Back with the Ron and Fez show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, on a Monday. Hey, if you go to our 202 Friends page on Twitter.com, there is a link there where you can send a shout to Andrew WK, who was our guest today. Link to his page. All right, I'm just going to buy my headline, my headphones. Did it sound like the music was drowning you out, or is that just the mind? Yeah, no, it was. And I was like hoping, I was trying to talk more so that they would fade it down while I was talking. Okay, they still have it? It's not as loud, but it's still loud. It's really tough to not be able to um, be in charge of that in this room. Also, it's not that loud in my <laughs> headphones. So I, it's... I'm, it's the weirdest thing. All right, so what were you saying? Because I don't know whether the audience can hear us properly or... If you go to our 202 Friends page on Twitter.com, there's a link there where you can send Andrew W.K. a comment about his appearance today on the Ron and Fez show. Yeah, um, I think Hicks is probably right because I'm always giving him the bring it down thing when I'm talking. But then when Fez just kept talking through, I'm like, is this just my headphones that it sounds like it's drowned it out? But we can't try. Here's the thing with the engineers here. We can't trust the headphones that we're wearing. No. That it would sound like that at home. And two, the people in the room don't have the control. I mean, other than really turning on phones in here and mics. Uh huh. That's we're, it. We're without control. We also blast a little bit in your headphones when it's at a good level for the listener. And if it's it's at a good level for us, the listener can barely hear it. I, I drop the fucking headphones off when I'm talking to fucking human beings. Yeah. It's just not worth it here. Right. It's true. 
And we've talked about that for ever. And I, I probably haven't trusted headphones since I've worked in satellite. And you never would have worked in terrestrial without headphones on. Mm-hmm. At the last unmasked, they tried to put headphones on us. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm not going to sit here and fucking... You're shooting video. It's going to be two guys wearing headphones <laughs> on a video? Um, I need to put the, the team together because uh, we have a... Oh, no. It's a moral conundrum. Conundrum. Uh, here's Craig in Miami. Craig. Hey, guys. What's going on? What's your moral conundrum? We're here for you. Well, I got a moral conundrum, and I, I almost think Fezzi might be the best one for this. My wife made some cupcakes, and she wanted to give some to the neighbors. And we didn't have paper plates, so she put a couple of them on, you know, one of our nice plates. You know, not, not Waterford, ridiculous, but, you know, whatever, 25-hour plate, let's say. Yeah. And it's been two fucking weeks. I haven't gotten my plate back. So, you know, what point do I kind of go over there and hit towards, hey, this, that, the other thing, and, you know, you got my plate? I cannot believe you're not my chick's uh, grandfather, who constantly worried about uh, big spoons and plates. You got the big spoon. Uh, we got a set of 12. Now uh, we got a set of 11. Uh, and normally you don't see a man. I, I would not be able to tell you how many fucking plates are in my house. There are different types of people. But it's an interesting point nonetheless. Uh, you said, here's the cupcakes. Got the plate back. It feels awkward to go over. Mm-hmm. At the same time, these people probably forget. They didn't steal your plate. They forgot. They're careless. What do you do, Fuzzy? Well, first of all, you don't hand over anything that you're going to expect to get back at least right away. Too late. So That's taking place. There's no other way to do it other than maybe make, here's what you do. Make some more cupcakes. Take another plate over there. And then just slowly try to get this guy to end up with your whole set? No, take the cupcakes off the plate and ask for the and get the other plate back at the same time. Then you lose the plate though. And no. you're making cupcakes again. What is wrong with just saying, yeah. Hey, you got my plate? I don't think you do that. I think you just see the neighbor and go It looks small. You, you go, did you like those cupcakes? And that will make the neighbor's mind click. Oh, I still have his plate. What about this? You send the kid over. Yeah, my mom sent me over to pick up the cupcake. <laughs> I mean the plate. I use that. Yeah, make put the, put the kid in an awkward position. I don't like the idea that now your your wife is mm-hmm. it's buying the fucking plate back that's already yours. I don't want to look like we don't have enough plates to eat on. You're not. You're looking like you've got something of mine. You have something in mind. It's a nice plate, too. It's $25. All right, Fez, we're almost at the end of the the, the show. You haven't done your uh, shaved head bit. All right, we can shave it right now. A lot of times we, we might want to do some of this stuff uh, when we're not on the air. Yeah. Because shaving a head, it takes time. There's Scruffy, who I will admit one of the people thinks he's behind the mooch. Other names brought up, Franklin. See, so and Chris Stanley, his best friend. Bullshit. So when you say confidential, like, it doesn't always mean... <laughs> you, don't, you don't mean that literally, yeah, but huh? nobody knows who's bringing <laughs> it up. You told Here's us you wouldn't doing. say anything. No, I didn't. I said, write it down for me. Oh, yeah. All right. That's right. what I said. Write it down. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This is more, more like the fucking plate thing.
Can you believe we're shaving Fez's head today? Extreme radio. Uh, doing a bit here. Fez is going to shave his head and then find himself uh, wearing a toupee. And what we're not going to do is tell the office people who already think that you're creepy. <laughs> right. We're just going to see if anyone really notices, hey, something's different with Fez's hair. It's not Fez's hair. Well, and here's the other. Go ahead. Shave the fucking head. Uh, the other thing that's important, Fez, is that you never let them know. Right. It's not funny if you say it's a bit. You just let them gossip behind your back. <laughs> well, that's kind of what happened with the Hitler mustache. More comments made to me once the Hitler mustache was gone. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, all kinds of people in the office wanted to talk to me. So what was going on during Hitler mustache was all these office people secretly wondering about the Hitler mustache. Creepy. And you know what? Exactly. You should have gave them cupcakes. <laughs> now I wish I had a fucking neighbor dropping off cupcakes. <laughs> Seems like a nice neighbor. Any color but pink, because strawberry belongs to breast cancer. <laughs> fucking annoys me. You don't own colors out there. Uh, Pat, whoops. Pat in Florida, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey there, Ronnie B. Yeah. Hey, Ronnie B. Uh, I want to nominate uh, Dave McDonald for Beanie Cup. Um, he had a great show this weekend, but I think the you know one way he'd probably better himself on that show is to get rid of that half of black that works for him or with uh, him. Oh, I wouldn't do that. Uh, I, uh, who are you talking about there? He's talking about Sam, who I, I believe, despite what you might hear in Opie Anthony, I'm pretty sure he is Caucasian. Um, Sam is what they technically call high yellow. He's a high yellow gentleman. Fez, this bit where we're shaving your head is great. <laughs> so noisy. We got to turn off Fez's mic. Okay. Um, and by the way, he's doing such a hideous job. He's just, I don't know how he's doing this, but he's shaving clumps. Well, he's going every different angle. There's no, I can feel it. There's no plan I, to it. I like half the head shave, though. That looks kind of good. <laughs> Fez is very comfortable having his head shaved. Some people feel like it, oh, it makes me feel weird or I don't like it. Fez has always been comfortable. But this is the first time that anyone's done the head shaving where we've put hair back on. Yes. Yes, we are. And it's going to happen immediately. And, of course, uh, you don't let anybody know. Tomorrow, it's the one-game playoff, Davey Mac. Little Detroit, they needed so much, you believe are going to be blown out. I believe Minnesota has the momentum, and that's what sports is. M Minnesota grabbed this thing by the balls. Detroit floundered, and the, the Twins, under the management of Ron Gardenhire, will take this thing to the fucking limit. And they, they beat the Yankees. <laughs> and uh, I that just, would be the limit. I Keep just, going. Yeah, I just meant the regular season limit. Um, and then they'll, they'll turn around and play the Yankees. and But, you know, the Yankees... Very tough right now. A-Rod set a major league record with seven RBIs in an inning. He got grand slam and a three-run dinger in the same inning. And guess what? At the time, he needed he had 28 home runs, 93 RBIs. So he gets his two home runs for 30, his seven RBIs for 100. He breaks that fucking thing. He's the first player to have to do that in 13 years. Uh, the other three guys were Jimmy Fox, Ruth, and Manny Ramirez. So fucking A-Rod. I'm a, one of the few Yankee fans. 30 home runs and... 100 RBIs for 13 years. Straight. Just just 13 years overall. Oh, okay. Ruth, 
Jimmy Fox and Manny have all done it. Sell for, the, for, for 12. The company. Yeah. But, but the thing is, I'm, I'm one of the few Yankee fans. I like the I, I like A-Rod. I'm not going to fucking, you know. People don't realize you have to get into the playoffs first. Well, now let's see what happens now that we're there. I know. He could use one October. I know. Just one. Help yourself, Alex. All right. That is it for us. Uh, over at 202 Friends Twitter, you'll see Fez Watley's new uh, look. That'll be on later on tonight. Let's do this. Um, let's say we'll put it up there at 8 o'clock, and then funniest comment wins the signed Ron Fez uh, trivia. I mean, the Ron Fez uh, T-shirt. That's 202 Friends on Twitter. By the way, there's a link there that you could uh, send comments to uh, Andrew WK, who did a great job uh, hanging out with us today. All right, that is it for us. You got anything you need to plug, uh, Dave? No, I'm good. Go to 202 Friends. I'm good. Fuzzy? No, I am good. Uh, that's the end of my show. Donk. Harry, Mark, and John. Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday to Thursday with Harry, Mark, and John. Satellites gone up to the skies. Things like that drive me out of my mind. I watched it for a I love to watch things on TV Satellite